This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com as we go right to your phone calls. That's the point of the show. Let's talk first to Chris in Ontario. You're on Free Talk Live. Chris. Hey. So hey. Ian or Mark? It's both. And Wayne? It's both and Wayne. Okay, guys. What's on your mind today, right. Chris? Now, I was listening to you guys. I was listening to you earlier. Um, um, and the, the first time I got online, you guys uh, 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 had me wait patiently listening to Alex Jones. Uh, well, I think what you're confused about is you called our network, the Genesis Communications Network, and while you were on hold, you were probably listening to some old program content because while you were on hold, you were not actually uh, – we were not live. Uh, we just went on the air here yeah, at the first 7.06 segment. Eastern Time. So you were probably okay. listening to something else on their hold feed. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm just uh, one of those uh, Canucks that just maybe got confused with live air and uh, – and, and and stuff that had been pre-recorded. Everybody gets confused sometimes. What were you calling about tonight? That, that's it. Well, I, I just uh, I, the correlation. You guys still did advertise uh, uh, Alex Jones. Um, no, we don't advertise Alex Jones. I'm sorry, I don't know what you're referring to. Well, when I was put on hold um, to get on online or on air with you mm-hmm. guys, the last time I was listening to some Alex Jones terror storm stuff. Yeah, what probably happened was you were on hold during a break, and that was probably running during the break. It's probably one of our network commercials. Uh, that's not necessarily one of our advertisers in that, Mark, you did not go out and, and sell that not. ad. Uh, the <laughs> but, network, our syndicate, but our syndicate might, may very well be running something like that on right. their uh, fill spots. The network okay, uh, is, is running no, advertising, and we are not aware of what it all is. That's fair enough. Now, okay. let's free talk live. This yes, is, so talk about ahead. whatever you'd like. Willie Cooper. Are you guys familiar with him? No. no. William Bill Bill Cooper. I know Barry Cooper. Was by the American government? I've heard of him. Under you've what circumstances? Who, who am I speaking with? Wayne. 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 Wayne, you've heard of uh, Bill Cooper. I believe so. Did he write a book? He did. He wrote a yeah, he wrote yeah, he wrote several, I believe, but um very 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 good man. Um had to had to get his family out of America to keep him safe. Okay. And then got assassinated. What do you believe the reason he was assassinated was? Well, I believe that he was he he was speaking of um, um, some some entities that are bigger than you and I that 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 want to take over what you and I have. And who would that be? Well, there's you know there's five. if you if you had to get specific, you could suggest the Rockefellers and the and the Rothschilds. And uh, um, some some elite people out there. Okay, I know well, they, right. So you guys are concerned about conspiracy theories, and 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 I'm and not too concerned. People no. on the edge. If I was concerned about conspiracy theories, I wouldn't be doing a radio show where I talk out again, you know, in in favor of freedom and against the control of the state. So if I was concerned with that, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. Mm-hmm. So, but but your your response to my 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 my. Uh, uh, asking about William Cooper, um, some of you seemed a little confused, and and if no, I was just you asking you who he was. Page, you would know exactly who he is. No, I was just asking you who he was. There are a lot of people out there in the world. How would you expect that I would know the people that you know? 
there's three billion or five billion or however many damn billion Six people. Six going on seven, buddy. Yeah, there's a lot of darn people out in the world. How would I? How could you possibly expect us to know what you know? Hello. I. You, you lost me on that, and, and, and the aspect of, of uh, you're suggesting you're 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 on air because yeah. you're concerned about um, um, this the, the the state in which America's in right now. Right. And there's 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 certain individuals out there that are trying to stand up and fight for um, a, a free democracy. There are a lot of those individuals. How how can I possibly know who they all are? I mean, if you if you look, for instance, at the Ron Paul, the recent Ron Paul, Paul rally, there was like ten thousand people there or something like that. I don't know if that was the actual number, but More. how would I how would I know who all of those people are? I'm looking at a story here about a man that was uh, killed with a taser, and these things happen all the time. I can't possibly know who all the people are that you know died as a result of taser use. So it seems a little unrealistic. Your expectation is it just me, guys, or is, is it unrealistic? I mean, Wayne, you knew who he was. You well, know everybody. Yeah, one out of three. I've heard of him, and actually, I think his name is very popular among some of the more conspiratorial shows. And but we're not we're not about that. We try to focus on the future. We try to we talk about liberty and and getting people educated about liberty because you can't free people unless they know what liberty really is. So we t- we take a different tack uh, on this show in promoting freedom and liberty. So that's uh, no, probably right. No, I respect why. that. No, no, you, you, you know, I'll go back to William Cooper for a second here. Um, who was shot dead by the government. Um, allegedly. Um, he was the same, allegedly, yes, yes, we like, okay. we like to use that word. Right. Um, Alex Jones did a, did a show I think you guys are familiar with that uh, he thought the world was going to hell and we should stand up and start shooting guns. And that was New Year's Eve, uh, 2000 and what was it, 2001? Uh, could I stand to be corrected? You, I couldn't tell you. Uh, so you're talking about Alex Jones, the radio host, did a radio show about shooting guns in what, into the air or into well, people's no, bodies? Well, I think you started to just, just decide to just get out and start killing people because we're, we're what going people to would you What basket. people would you uh, suggest? Pardon? What people would you suggest, sir? Uh, no, I never suggested anything Alex Jones did. Well, okay, what William people? Cooper suggested that we stop listening to Alex Jones. Ah, um, okay. He says he feels that Alex Jones, um, for better or worse, is, 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 is taking the wrong attitude towards how we're supposed to deal with our conflict. I agree. I actually agree. Uh, I think that yeah. violence is not the solution. I think that uh, we can achieve liberty in our lifetimes through peaceful means, uh, nonviolent, uh, peaceful means. And I think that you're absolutely right about that. I think going to jumping to violence is completely the wrong choice. And all that will end up doing is resulting in more violence. I mean, the uh, the cycle is is violence begets violence begets violence. And because at the end of the revolution, the strongest guy is the one who's going to be in charge. And the strongest guy isn't the one that we want in charge. Chris, good to agree with you. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Glad we heard him out because it sounded for a moment there like he was you know, sort of promoting what Alex Jones was saying, but yet in point of fact, he wasn't, and that's good. Well, I don't know that Alex Jones said necessarily that. Well, that's his alleg- that. Yeah, right. Yeah. He was alleging Alex Jones said that. Uh, so if anybody's out there saying that, if anyone is suggesting picking up weapons and going and shooting some bureaucrats, you really need to ask yourself who that person is. Now, I'm not suggesting, I don't know if what he says was true about uh, Alex Jones, but just as a general rule, if somebody's agitating for violence against the state, so-called, there's a darn good chance that who you're talking to is a federal agent. Darn good. They do like to do that uh, agent provocateur um, sort of scenario. and Beyond that, it's just a bad idea.
Yep. I mean, even if they're not an agent provocateur, even if they're just a wild-eyed, you know, patriot or something like that, then uh, bad. It's just a bad idea. You don't want to be associated with people like that. So talk to them if they're a friend of yours. Sit them down, talk to them, and make it clear. Hey, you know that kind of dis- discussion is very uncomfortable for me. I mean, I understand that. There's a certain time and a certain place to retaliate with force. But like Claire Wolf has said, uh, you know, it's too late to do anything about it and too early to shoot the bastards. Right. So, and I think that that's exactly where we are. So instead of grabbing for the, uh, you know, the cartridge box, let's start thinking and brainstorming together about what it is that we can do right now on a peaceful basis that can help Perhaps reach out to others and spread the message of liberty, as we do on this program six nights a week. Or, uh, you know, perhaps uh, change people's minds and inside the system. I mean, that's a possibility, too. In fact, we'll be talking about that here in a little bit uh, with my experiences this morning at the government courthouse, uh, the government courtroom here in lovely Keene, New Hampshire. As you may recall, uh, they had threatened me over a couch in my tenant's yard. It's not my couch. And even though it is my yard, it's technically my tenant's yard because they're renting it from me. They've got a couch out there, and the city government people apparently do not like that very much. So they came, they threatened, they threatened a $100 fine, followed by a $200 fine, and followed by court action. So today was the court. And myself, you, Mark, you showed up this morning, which is great. Appreciate that. And about 14 other people, 13, 14 other people. Quite a few. I think it was more than that. I, I heard a count go higher than that. Well, I don't know. It was hard to count because everybody was sort of streaming in and the courtroom was packed full of people for other reasons. More on the way about what happened. Plus, I've got some audio to share from when they called me up. Uh, So this will be kind of fun. More on the way. You can bring up anything at 800-259-9231. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. We've got archives and entire year's worth of the show. Enjoy them on us right there. Front page, download, click. They are yours at freetalklive.com. Travel less and meet online. Try WebEx for free. Go to webex.com, enter promo code 600, and start your free trial of WebEx today. You can also get a uh, free webcam. That's W-E-B-E-X, enter promo code 600, start your free trial today. All right, 800-259-9231. We're going to get shortly here to some audio from today's court appearance. The government uh, people here in Keene had threatened me over a couch in my tenant's lawn with uh, multiple hundred dollar fines, and now today a hearing where I was being uh, threatened if I did not appear, so-called, before the court and answer to the, uh, you know, the allegations about the couch in the yard, which this was essentially it was a hearing. Uh, it was sort of what I expected it to be. I expected to go in there and be railroaded into pleading in, and and setting a date for a trial, which is essentially what happened to our friend Sam from Texas from the Obscure Truth Network. When he had a speeding ticket, he went in not intending to plea but right off the bat, but ask a bunch of questions about the nature and the cause of the proceedings. And in his case, the judge tried to railroad him and successfully railroaded him into, you know, the judge pleads for you, and then they move you to a trial date, even though... 
I believe it's a Supreme Court decision. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, the courts have said, many courts have said that the uh, the person who's on trial has to understand the nature and cause of the proceedings against him. If you don't understand, then you can't enter a plea knowingly and voluntarily. And apparently that's supposed to be an important part of their little process, but they just sort of usually overlook that in favor of just pushing people through the system. So I went in there today fully expecting to be interrupted, but I did have an offer that I wanted to make the government people. And I'd actually suggested uh, on the air prior uh, to this show what that offer was going to be. I refined it a little bit, but basically the idea would be that uh, in return for dropping the current matter and only prosecuting me when the government actually has evidence of a victim, I agreed to have the couch removed, providing the original complaining party introduced themselves to me and asked me to remove it. So this is what I wanted to do. My primary goal today was to get this offer, which I printed out. It's a you know it's a piece of paper. You know how the government people they love their paperwork. Uh, so it looks I, semi-official. Yeah, well, it's got two two spots for signatures down mm. at the bottom. One for uh, for the administrative agent for Ian Bernard, which is sort of my legal name, and then uh, one for an authorized agent for the city of Keene. So I wanted to put this in front of them as a an counter offer to their offer. See, th- it's my understanding that when a government person comes up to you with their tickets and their citations and their other paperwork. They're essentially making you an offer, and this is what Robert uh, Menard over at thinkfree.ca has to say. Is it true or not? I don't know. It's one of the reasons why many of us are beginning to experiment in this area to see if there is any truth to these claims. So the idea is the government's making an offer to you, saying, well, we offer that you contract with us and agree that you owe us this money for having the couch in the yard. Or we're offering you now this trial. For instance, you can come in here and have your trial, and then, of course, we're going to find you guilty, and we're offering to allow you to pay us for the couch in the yard. That sort of thing. That everything the government does, even if it doesn't sound like it, even if it says you must do this, and here are your options, and you must choose one of these options, even though it, does, even though it sounds like it's mandatory, that it is, in fact, an offer. You know, it, it, when I heard you, you, know, you went up today, and you were uh, sort of, you know, announced to the court that you were here, uh, you know, against, against your will, and you don't recognize sort of the, the court's uh, power, and, and then the judge said, shut up, or you're going to end up in a jail cell. It didn't sound like he was making you an offer for no. a jail cell. No. No, it doesn't sound that way, does it? And that's kind of, kind of their trick, right? <laughs> they have yeah, I don't think that was a trick. I think they're going to throw you in jail for you to say one more thing. <laughs> well, Sam actually believes that he was bluffing, and uh, Sam from the Obscure Truth Network plans on coming here to call him on that bluff. Yeah. I, for one, was not willing to call him on the bluff because I, I, I had business to do, and I wanted to come do the show tonight. So I wouldn't I, have. It was not my intention to go to jail today, though I certainly apparently had the opportunity to do of course. so. I would have picked up the. I would have got the couch out, moved out of there at the first contact. So. Look, Mark, I don't want to make it sound like I'm telling you that these men with guns will not hurt you if you just ask them nicely. Okay, I'm not making. I'm not trying to to claim that at all. But what I am saying here is that when the government tells you you have to do something, that doesn't mean anything. It's just a group of men and women telling you something. Now, if you don't do what it is they're demanding you do, there is always the chance they're going to send some of their men and women with guns to hurt you or throw you in a cage. So I'm fully cognizant of that, and I totally understand. All right? Good. But I'm just telling you what the legal theory is behind the, uh, the, the motions and the things that the government does. So my idea here was instead of accepting their offer and going ahead with their trial and their pleading and all the things they want me to do, I was going to accept their offer and then counter it with my own offer. So, okay, thanks for your offer. Here's my offer. 
right? That's what I was trying to do today in court. And so as I got up, when they called my name, it was a room packed full of people at that time. All kinds of, you know, violent, oh, wait, no, mostly drug users and probably people caught with alcohol. But anyway, uh, I got up and I'd forgotten to actually hit the record button on my personal recorder at the moment that I got up. So it didn't record the first few sentences. So I'll, I'll read those off of my notes here and then we'll play the audio back. So he called my name and I said, or he called uh, Ian Bernard, which isn't my name anymore. I, I go by Ian Freeman. Anyway, he called that name and I said, I'm here to discuss this matter. I'm attending under duress, reserve all rights, and do not consent to your governance. I do not intend conflict with you or the city of Keene. And that's where he interrupted me. Uh, for the first time. And remember, I was expecting to be interrupted, though even though I was expecting to be interrupted, it was still flustering and it was still sort of difficult to figure out where to go next and how to respond. And I just don't I just don't have experience doing this my first time in front of a court like that. And so actually my next sentence, uh, and you can read it if you want, Mark, to prove, I had intended to compliment this judge. You know how we had this uh, extended conversation last night about how this particular judge here in Keene has done some more sensible things as far as rulings in cases in regards to some of the activists that have gotten uh, into some some. I guess, issues with the government. And here. I took your advice uh, from last night, and I did. I wrote the judge a letter and, uh, you know, had it delivered, I guess. I mean, maybe maybe it never made it to him. I don't know. Yeah. It's not like uh, we peons ever get the opportunity to, to see the, uh, right. the, the, the the folks on high. But, um, you know, I, I did write him a little letter. So, ironically enough, the, this guy, uh, Mr. Burke, interrupts me right before I was about to give him a compliment for doing some things right. Right? You know, it's a positive reinforcement idea. Well, anyway, I, I ended up writing him a letter Later on today, an open letter to the to uh, Mr. Burke, Edward Burke, the uh, government's judge in this case, and I might get to read that tonight if we have enough time. It's it really explains my thoughts and what's coming next here in Keene and what it means for him and the government, uh, sort of his choice as like the main judge basically in Keene. This is the man that's sending all kinds of peaceful people to prison cells, like letting him know, look, you've got a few choices as to how to deal with what's going to come next. And so we could talk about that here in a bit. So I got up, I started off my spiel, he interrupts me, and of course the reason why he's interrupting is because he wants to rush this process along. Secondly, he doesn't want me to say the things I'm going to say. He doesn't know exactly what I'm going to say, but he knows by now, you know, when you start... It isn't going to forward the situation as far as he's concerned. When you start the conversation with, I'm here to discuss this matter, I'm attending under duress and all that other stuff, he knows that he does not want this going out in front of a room full of people... And he wants to just push me through, get me to, you know, to plea, get me to schedule a trial. That's what his job is here. More on the way. We'll play the audio here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. Attention, freedom activists. If you're planning your move to New Hampshire, you know that Manchester is the heart of the free state. But finding an apartment when you're out of state can be a major pain in the... You need Prickle. Prickle has apartment rentals designed to meet your needs. There's no minimum length of stay. They accept payment in silver or gold. And responsible firearms owners are welcome. To find your new home in the heart of Manchester's growing Liberty Enclave, log on right now to Prickle.com. That's P-R-I-C-L dot com. (laughs) 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. They include the updates. Get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. I should mention I sent out an update today announcing that it's a brand new month. And that means that it's time with that we ask you to vote for the show again. Every single month, we ask that you do at least one thing for us. And that is that you go to vote.freetalklive.com, cast your vote for Free Talk Live. All you need is an email address, and that is only used for verification purposes. So it's not going to be sold or spammed or something like that. Head to vote.freetalklive.com, cast your vote for the month of October. If you don't do it today, you've got all month to get it done. Yes, Mark? We're at number two. That's good to know. I got a late start this morning because of the court thing, so I didn't get the message out until noonish or something like that. Well, the only acceptable place for Free Talk Live um, at, at the Podcast Alley voting uh, ranking, uh, as far as I'm concerned, is number one. Number one. So number we'll two, get there. unacceptable. We still need 62 you. votes behind. Please, uh, if you haven't done it yet, do it now. Vote.freetalklive.com. Sickle CAI is the main sponsor of Free Talk Live, and uh, Jason Osborne, one of the principals there, is you know, just a big advocate for liberty. If you have a business or know somebody who does, of course, account re- accounts receivable is always a huge part of business, and it's not the reason that you got into business. Turn over your accounts receivable department to Sakel CAI. Uh, they collect your uh, collect from your uh, you know creditors or whomever um, with respect. They they don't call names or anything like that. Sakel CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Continuing to uh, recount my story from this morning, and of course, if you were in attendance and you would like to recount your version of the events, we'd love to hear from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Inevitably, I'll probably leave a few things out. I can't remember it all, unfortunately. And Mark, you were attending as well. About fifteen activists showed up this morning for the so-called hearing they were having in regards to the couch situation, which we've been talking about uh, off and on over the last month or so on this program. Uh, My tenants have a couch in their yard. Some neighbor doesn't like it. She snitched out to the uh, code enforcers. They came, threatened me. I went to court over it. And I had a few things to say in advance of the the whole pleading thing, which is what the judge wants. The judge wants people to go up, put in a plea, schedule a trial. They've got an assembly line going. That's their system. And I'm not interested in consenting to their system. So I made that very clear when I stood up. I said, you know, I don't consent to your governance. I am here under duress, and I reserve all rights, and I'm here to discuss this matter. Then I wanted to make them an offer, but he actually interrupted me, and of course that always, you know, it's going to Somebody interrupts you is going to throw you off your game a little bit, and I've never done anything like this before. The audio here is a little bit, um, it's a little noisy because I had my audio recorder hanging from my neck, so as I would turn pages on the clipboard and sort of move around, there was noise. But it's mostly listenable, so we'll go ahead and play it back for you here. This is some of the audio from today, it's shortly after the judge interrupted me for, uh, for the first time. There's only one thing we need to say is that you well, I see where you're coming from on that. If I answer your question, would that be consenting to your process? All, all we're doing is setting a date for you to come back to your hearing. That's, all. That's what you want to have. Well, what I would like to do, actually, at this point, um, I do need to understand the nature and cause of the proceedings against me in order to plea, as I understand it. Uh, but before I do that, I do have some questions. Before I get to that point, I would like to make this offer. Ooh, you know what? 
think I just realized something. What's that? <laughs> I might have to do a little uh, wire swapping here in the studio. I think I just realized that the uh, the audio from the file that I was playing is not actually going out to our network. It's going to the internet stream and not going to the network. So shame on me for not having the technical uh, details taken care of here. Well, well. Uh, oh, I see. You're, the, I just heard music. I thought we were going to break. Apparently, yeah, that's what they were playing music because there was no noise. To alert me because it was, it was dead air there. So gotcha. I apologize to our radio listeners for that. Uh, we will bring the audio back here uh, here in a moment. I'll manage to swap some wires here shortly and get that to happen. But, Mark, your observations from today before we get into the audio. Well, it's it you know seemed like a lot of uh, b- sad folks there. Um, I assume that... A, you mean the audience, the, yeah. the people that were there, the victims, if you will, for the day? They looked like it. They looked like they were victims of life, well, there, by and large. You know, there may have been some actual criminals in there. There may have been some domestic violence cases or something like that. We actually were called relatively... Relatively in the beginning, not right away, but in the, I would say within the first six names or so, or I was called in the beginning, and so maybe there were some actual criminals, but for the most part, I've sat in those things before. Usually it's like 65, 70% of the people there for consensual so-called crimes. A lot of traffic violations from what I could see, uh, you know, speeding, that kind of thing. You know, it just... It seems like an assembly line where they make money for their system, and you know I don't like that part. I I, I do have a certain certain amount of respect for this uh, for J- Judge Burke there, and mm-hmm. I, but you know at the same time the system you know I, I don't agree with it, and and that's just you know it was sad. So uh, so oh here's an addition. I forgot to mention what happened before they actually started calling people up there. The the guy who is one of the code enforcers here, or as we. Uh, sort of have fun and call him the couch enforcer. The the dude that originally ticketed my house, just sort of left a ticket on my house for the, the having a couch in the yard. What you called littering. He was there, Carl Patton. He was, that is littering. When you leave unwanted garbage on somebody else's property, that's littering. Anyway, he was in the courtroom all dressed up, nice suit, tie, and everything like that. And you actually commented, Mark, that it was a really nice suit. And I like the pattern. He approached me at one point as everyone was he was you know everybody was sort of sitting down preparing and he approached me and and asked me, "Hey, have you decided on a trial date yet?" And of course I went down for my voice recorder to hit the record button before I would continue the uh, the, the conversation with him. And as soon as I started to do that, he says, oh, I don't want to be recorded, and walked away. So it's it's more evidence that government uh, people are really not so interested. Uh, having a voice recorder or a video camera around is, is kind of scary to them. It's more proof of that, and also more proof, in my opinion, of what, the, you know, this whole idea of your consenting to the process. Hey, have you figured out when you wanted to schedule your trial for yet? Well, no, it's your trial. This is your hearing. You guys are the ones demanding that I be here at the threat of violence, because if I didn't show up, they'd put a failure to appear in, and there would be a warrant issued for my arrest, and eventually... If men with guns didn't come to my house to come and get me, if I was driving around, they might pull me over and throw me in a cage. So violence is always backing all of this stuff up. And no, I don't consent. No, I don't want your trial. And so I don't want to set a date for the trial. What I'd like to do is have all this nonsense thrown out and be left alone. That's what I would like to do. So I I, I did, uh, again, come up with this agreement that I wanted to put in front of uh, the government people, and I was actually successful at being able to do that. 
So we'll uh, we'll talk more about that coming up here in moments. You can call in at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. But I guess I'll just give you a summary of what happened without playing the audio. We'll get to the well, audio. You can talk about what bit. happened. You know, the audio will still be just as interesting and fresh. Right. Uh, so so went up, and the judge began, you know, he interrupted me, said, well, what we're here to do is put in a plea, blah, blah, blah. You got a plea. Well, I see where you're coming from on that, but... You know, I want as I understand it, I need to understand the nature and cause of the proceedings before I can enter a plea. And you know, more of the sort of the same. Well, I need you to to enter a plea, whatever. And so I actually said, well, what I'd like to do before we get to that point is make an offer. And so I handed the uh, the paperwork. The, the Suddenly judges- they perked up uh, upon the you know the the timing of your offer. They were like, oh, this is interesting. The, the but the judge wouldn't let you actually give it to him or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, it's got to pass then, through his hand. I guess it had to go to... Uh, um, the bailiff. The bailiff, and, and then it had to go to uh, the couch enforcer guy. Well, and, no, it went to the judge. He took a look at it, and then the judge said that he couldn't actually... If I wanted to negotiate with the city, then I could negotiate with the city, but I can't negotiate with him. See, that's not his job. I see. So he couldn't accept the the paperwork as a result of that. And so I said, well, okay, well, I'll be happy to you know go ahead and just... To give that to whoever you need to give it to. Yeah, like, said, well, I don't care who it is. Right, so he said, well, I'll just give it back to you and you can do that. Okay, fine. Who do I need to give it to? He indicated Carl Patton, the uh, the original guy that uh, brought the entire situation upon me in the first place. So I handed it to Carl Patton, he took a look at it, and we went from there. I'll see if I can swap some wires here in a moment. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. <laughs> This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it is Ian here with you. Ian Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are totally free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And uh, you can, of course... Uh, you also need to know, actually, that Internobs brings this show to you. Internobs.com. If you're remodeling your kitchen or bath, you can purchase knobs and poles at wholesale prices and support a business that supports Free Talk Live. That's Internobs.com. Save 10% on your order by using the code FTL at checkout. Internobs.com. I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com. Friendly service and wholesale prices for knobs and poles at Internobs.com. All right, so 800-259-9231. Hopefully my board operator is listening. I think I didn't have a chance to verify this before we came back, but I want to make sure that everything is working here correctly. I've got the audio from the the, trial. It wasn't a trial. It was a hearing this morning. And we'll go ahead and play this back. If it is problematic, hopefully we'll find out sooner rather than later. So here we go. Uh, Mark, uh, you were having trouble hearing this? Yeah, in, I, my, my headphones, my, uh, headphones aren't working. So Wayne, I, can you hear yourself right now in the in the headphones? I sure can. Okay, so it's your problem, Mark. I don't know what that is. Well, I think your I, headphones have gone bad. All right, so here we go. We continue. There's only one thing we can do today. Is that you, please, you're not guilty. Uh, you want yes. to have a trial? Don't. That's all we're here to do. Well, I see where you're coming from on that. If I answer your question, would that be consenting to your process? All, all we're doing is setting a date for you to come back for your hearing. That's all. That's what you want to have. Well, what I would like to do, actually, at this point, um, I do need to understand. Did you hear what he said there? We're going to set a date for a hearing if that's what you want to have. 
I guess he means the other options would be like I could just pay right then, right now, go and move the the, the couch. That's but, what I think I'm hearing. But, but wait, uh, but would they really? At this point, the action has been started, right? You know, when the government, if something is started with the government, it's very hard to stop. Uh, in the beginning, it, when they sent me the first $100 uh, ticket, or they, they littered the $100 ticket on my property for the couch in the yard, there was a, a certain period of time in which you had to uh, – they would tell you that you had to respond and, and pay the ticket. Otherwise, it would go to 200 400 and and then to court. Well, they never actually went up to 400 They went from 200 to court, but whatever. So so it went up to 200 and then they said, well, you need to pay it or else we could go to court by this certain period of time. And then they initiated the court action. So once the court action had started, then you can't really stop that from happening, can you? Like, I could choose to go to trial? What are the other choices? And I didn't think to ask that particular question at that time, and he wasn't really in the mood to answer any of my no, questions No, he certainly anyway. wasn't, because here's the really the best part where he tells you, shut up or you're going to jail. Yeah, that's coming up here, uh, but first I make my offer to him. Actually, at this point, um, I do need to understand the nature and cause of the proceedings against me in order to plea, as I understand it. Um, but before I do that, I do have some questions. Before I get to that point, I would like to make this offer. The offer is uh, that uh, the men and women calling themselves the city of Keene will agree to discharge the current matter and only prosecute me when they have evidence of a victim. In return, I agree to have the offending couch removed when the original complaining party introduces themselves to me and asks me to remove it like an adult. Now, this is a little bit different than what uh, Sam, for instance, has had done. Uh, our friend Sam from the Obscure Truth Network he, down in Texas had gone in to uh, take on a, a speeding ticket case. And, of course, in a speeding ticket, there's definitely no citizen who was originally complaining. So it's a, it's kind of a different situation. I was approaching things a little differently where I actually came back with a counter offer to what they were telling me. You know, they'll say, you have to do this and this and this. Well, I said, well, no, how about we do this? And then I presented it with him, and so the judge asked for a synopsis, and then we continued. The party introduces themselves to me and asks me to remove it like an adult. Yes, we have a busy morning here. Um, if you want to negotiate with the city, you can, I don't negotiate the disposition. If you want to negotiate, that's between you and the city. You're welcome to put that in front of whoever is authorized to well, accept I'll, that, I'll that leave, agreement. I'll return it to you, and you can give it to them. Who would that appropriate? <laughs> Who would the appropriate person be? You'd be authorized to accept this agreement? Sure, I'll take it. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I accept it, but I'll take it. All right, so uh, we're going to set, we'll set a date. I'll take it. Don't know if I'll accept it. See, they're all talking in very, very different, uh, interesting terms here, oh, right? Oh, Ian, there, this is not... This is it's it is not you get the choice as to whether or not you deal with these people. It's a situation of force. I know that you'd like to believe it. Oh, no, it no. Like I fun. see where you're coming from, Mark, on that. I understand what you're saying. It is absolutely a situation of force. I'm not denying that in, for any moment. I already talked to you about this a, a, earlier in the hour where I said I totally understood that if I didn't show up at the courtroom, they were going to send men with guns but to you, use you, force on me. But you make it so me. significant, but every minute, word Mark, that they're saying. No, it is significant. Don't you understand? Apparently, the government, I No, don't. you don't. The government talks in a, a language that sounds like English. This is a fact. Government people talk in words that sound like English, but it's in point of fact not actually English. It's legalese, which is one of the reasons why when a government person says, blah, 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 do you understand? You say no. What do you mean by blah, blah, blah? Or may or must. Right. Pick, what, pick like a that. word. Yeah. Pick a word and ask them what they mean by it. Because what they say is not necessarily what you think that they're saying. And when... <laughs> I asked him, let's, let me play this segment back here so we can re-listen to the words that they're using. Who would that appropriate? 
who the appropriate person would be. Can we authorize to accept this agreement? Sure, I'll take it. I don't know if I accept it, but I'll take it. You'd be authorized to accept this agreement. Now, that doesn't, to me, in English, that doesn't mean sign the agreement. That doesn't, that's not what that means. That means, here, you accept it from me, you take it out of my hand. Oh, that's I, not what it means to me. What it means to me when you accept an agreement, it, it can mean, in some, you know, in, in some uses of the terms, if you accept an agreement, you have accept, accepted it. Oh, oh, but wait, Mark, if words not don't, the piece wait of a paper. minute, now you're defending them. If words don't matter that much, then why are you getting so picky about what accept means? When I hand something to you, because you you're are making accepting it significant. It. And well, it is significant. Not. It's no, him it making is a, he's just saying, no, Carl Patton isn't in on some kind of damn conspiracy. Ian? Wayne, what do you think? You know, I found it rather interesting that he said, I will accept, I don't know if I will accept it. Right, but he'll take it. He'll I don't know it. if I'll accept it, but I'll take it. Well, that's all I was asking you to do in English. See, I'm talking in English. Are you authorized to accept this? Can I give this to you? That's what I was saying, but that's not what he heard me say in the legalese world. No, what he sees is a cantankerous guy in front of him, yeah. and he wants to screw with him. And he did. Okay. You See? Can, you can say whatever you want, I mean, Mark. look how much time you spend you know what, on the Mark? little insignificant sentence he's You're said. saying it's insignificant. I'm telling you that in the legal land, every single word has a very specific meaning. And that in may many very places, well be so. However, yeah. Carl Patton doesn't know what they are. You don't know what Carl Patton knows, honestly. And I've actually got lunch scheduled with Carl Patton, so maybe I'll ask him about that. We'll talk about that He'll here. He'll say exactly what I've said. We'll, we'll talk well, about Car- Wait, Carl Patton is, a, is an ex-police officer, correct? He is. I 22 he, years. I think he pretty well must know his way around legalese in a courtroom, then. I would think he does. So, Mark, you can just blow all this off as though it's completely meaningless. Why would Carl Patton say, I don't know if I can accept it, but I'll take it from you? It's because they are very concerned about the words they use. They choose them very carefully. Anyway, we continue here. With the audio. Yeah, I don't know if I accept it, but I'll... All right, so uh, we're going to set, we'll set a date for the hearing now. I, uh, I'm, uh, I'm not consenting to your process. I'm going to stop you right now. We have a busy morning. We have to do right. one, one thing is to set the date right now, and that's all we can do. Right. Uh, th- are you asking me for my consent? I'm just going to set a date. Are you, oh, are you entering a plea on, on my behalf? Yes, not you. Okay. Now, are you representing me? I'm representing the court. Now, he did, at this point, if if there's some kind of appeal process Mm -hmm. um, in all this, he has just stepped in it. What do you mean by that? Well, he has entered a plea on your behalf as the court, and the court doesn't enter pleas. Is that true? Sounds like they just did. The court is there to judge things, not to enter things. So I'm supposed to enter the plea? Afraid so. You or your, your counsel. That's that's was my uh, that was what my understanding was, but it seems like these See, now judges... now this is a point where legalese matters. Right. Well, I was actually it was my somebody else suggested on a uh, one of the internet forums that the judges in New Hampshire they don't actually have to get a plea from you; they can just go ahead and enter a not guilty plea uh, for you. You know, if you don't plea. But it's not that I was refusing to plea. See, it's not that I was refusing. I just wanted to understand the nature and the cause of the proceedings against me, and he didn't want to have anything to do with answering the questions that I had to ask him. Continue here. How is it you can enter a plea? I'm not going to engage in a dialogue with you. If you say one more word, I'm going to have you removed. He does. You can wait outside for your uh, notice. Will you be sending men with guns after me if I don't show up to your (laughs) trial? One more word, and I'll have you arrested. (laughs) Wait outside for the notice. 
Now, I didn't wait outside for the notice uh, per his order. I did not wait outside for the notice. I did go outside of the courtroom at that point. I probably should have said something. Well, I, I don't know. He might have arrested me. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yes. I think you would have. But I didn't feel like going to jail at that particular moment. So I did go outside of the courtroom, and I was followed by Carl Patton. We'll tell you what happened here coming up in hour number two. What did Carl want to say? Well, it actually turned out to be pretty interesting. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Hour number two is coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. Seven. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Com. Uh, we will continue with your phone calls, and we'll get back into what happened to me this morning in the Keene District Court uh, okay. as I was in there for the couch in the yard situation that we've been talking about so much over the last few weeks of the program. So much. But first, we go to Freddie Bohr in North Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live. Freddie Bohr. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Listen, you are absolutely right, Ian. Um Mark, I have to take exception because I'm going through this right now. Okay, uh, what do you mean? What what part was I right about? The, the legalese in English. And, do explain. And you, and you cannot get trapped in that. I have a question for you, Ian. Have you ever filed any declaration of status? Uh, no. What is that? Okay. Um, I went down to the, after all of my studies, it all originates with the birth certificate or certificate of birth in lieu of birth certificate. You know, the thing when Reagan put us all up for collateral and all that. And I went down and filed my declaration of status. That, that you know, it, uh, the tenet of law is if you do not disagree, then you agree. Oh, I see where you're coming from. You're uh, basically the idea sort of uh, sounds like what Robert Menard over at thinkfree.ca has been doing, and that is encouraging people to go and uh, he calls it something different, but it sounds like a similar concept where you you basically uh, you make certain declarations. You know, I say you know this this and this about me and my relationship to you, and That's exactly if you, correct. And if you don't rebut it, you know, basically I'm a free sovereign individual. I don't have you a contract play by the with same you. Same rules that they do. They send you a notice if you don't respond then you're guilty, or if you don't bow down, then you're guilty. So you send them one. Right. You take this down, and, and everything that you put in that declaration of status, from unconscionable contracts to, well, if you put any of them up to contract law, they fail. So you've got the full range. All you have to do is rules for contracts, all the way back to Magna Carta, and they violate all of those, So plus unconscionability. And you can mention September 11th and well, I don't know why I would Pearl do something Harbor like that. All, things. Uh, I don't, all of I those just, things. I don't need to have an excuse to be a free person. So here's what I – here's. let me ask you this. Here's what I did most recently before the, the hearing today. I sent a letter back to the bureaucrats after they sent me a letter about oh, supposedly owing them a $200 fine for the couch in the yard, and I did use some of those techniques 
leaks within the letter basically saying, and it's posted in full over at freekeen.com if you want to read it for yourself, but basically it said, hey, look, I accept your uh, your your fine uh, for value, and I'll be happy to pay it as long as you can show me my proof of obligation that I somehow you know am obligated to your laws. Show me the signed agreement with my signature and a signature of one of your authorized agents that, that actually binds me to your ordinances. That is essentially what you're talking about without it being a declaration of status. It's putting them on the spot to say, hey, do you have this? I'll give you two weeks to, to show it to me, and if you can show it to me, I'll happily pay your fine. No, because you're still playing in their game. What you have to do is challenge the jurisdiction of the court. And your declaration of status and all of the things that you place in evidence must be cleared up in order for the court to establish yeah, well, uh, I'm not placing anything. I'm not placing anything in there evidence. There is a tangled scheme I, you have to uh, unwind here. I haven't gotten uh, to the point of actually going to a trial yet, and I would prefer to not actually get to that point because well, I. Well, if you challenge, see, the first tenet of of any court is they. Uh, you can you walk right in and, and you you challenge jurisdiction based on your declaration of status. You must, if there's a commercial flag, a, a gold fringe flag behind that. Oh, now we're judge. definitely getting to the fringe. Now, wait, <laughs> now, now no, no, Ian but, said that, hold on, just, before you go on, before you go on, law. Ian did, hold on, before you go on, Ian did exactly what you're saying. He walked up, he said, I don't uh, consent to your governance. But he never established a reason why he can do that. See, they but, can turn but around But you and said prove. that um, by not saying so, you consent, and the fact is he did, he said otherwise, so therefore he didn't consent, and the, the judge still threatened to throw him in jail. Well, you that know was a general thing. And I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying that they don't have the power of the gun. But when I go in there, I'm going to be carrying a different flag than his, which is spelled out in my declaration. And, and, and the declaration is registered in the same place that they registered their lien against me. And so if they accept their tenant that they have jurisdiction over me because of this, and it's filed there. I filed a counter document, which they did not respond to, that eliminated their jurisdiction. So I will not stand before the bar. Well, if, if, if it works for you, there. please call us back and let me know. But I, I think, in, in fact, they're just going to I act may be like you're crazy. I for bail money. What's this? <laughs> well, but, I'm, but I'm, not, I'm going to jail. Right, so you're pointing out that uh, even though you filed all these things, they may still just send men to your house. I have... And- I have followed the letter of the law. I have studied this for six years. I've bought thousands of dollars worth of law courses and studied this, and it all comes down that it's so simple. All you have to do is declare who you are. They say you are this straw man. They say you are identified by this number. They say, they say, and if you do not refute that, but upon refuting that, let me tell you what I've had to give up. I can have no bank account. Every piece of money that is not coinage that I spend, and I usually have someone spend it on my behalf, I write no recourse, uh, no adhesion. And the letters yeah, I have to bill. say we're getting, it's getting kind of confusing at this point. From what I've been... But if uh, from, they can establish from, jurisdiction over you, you're done. Yeah, I see where you're coming from, but from what I could tell, I mean, if this is a legal fiction that you're talking about, the idea that uh, the government has this uh, this name that looks a lot like yours, that they created, uh, they registered essentially when you were born, you've got a certificate of birth proving that they did that, and they use that to sort of uh, float loans, basically, or, or bonds, essentially, in your name. That's and, correct. 
So, so from what I understand, if that's true that there is this legal fiction out there, then you should be able to utilize that as necessary in order to make your life more comfortable because you can engage in commerce but still not actually uh, consent to the governmental system. You're there saying that's not possible. There is a process that you go through that you take uh, in an attorney sense, power of attorney sense, over the straw man through your yeah. treasury I don't know if I account. like the idea of having to go through their processes because that seems to me like consenting to their system. Where is it that you went and filed your paperwork? I'm just curious. What are what? At, at the uh, record of deeds. That's where your birth certificate is. The record of deeds. So you That's filed correct. this declaration basically saying you were a sovereign free man essentially. No, is I, this is I, this in the town where you were born? You do this? Pardon me? Do you do this in the city where you were born? Uh, no, because I really can't do that. Now, this is going to sound really weird, but see, I have no firsthand knowledge of that. Everything I have is hearsay evidence to my birth, to my name, to everything. I cannot attest I am who I am, and in this paper, I am declaring who I am. And, I, and you know, there's a, there's a big, long thing. It's only eight pages. So you do it in the place where you currently live, the, uh, the closest the county that I reside in. That's right. People? And yeah. I've been to my sheriff because he is the... Only man in, that can establish a court. There, see, there is no court. There is no court to hear any case against me legally. Now, uh, now tell me something about this. Um, you record this. Now, where did you get the template, let's say, to uh, know what you wanted to write? From everything that I discovered. Everything, you state who you are, and you can state why you are. And, you, and see, I participated in the system. So that means I have to, it, I just did, I justified upon discovery of, and then I named off all of those things and my uh, statement as to what those things were. September 11th, Pearl Harbor, Crash of 29, what, the 16th Amendment, all fraud, all deception, everything else, you must clarify every one of those things. All of those things are evidentiary. They don't want to deal with that. That's why would thing. I have to talk about uh, historical events if I'm just talking about why it is because that I want to be free? you participated in the program. You signed contracts. You signed a 1040 form. You signed a driver's license form. You must... Justify. Yeah, but I wasn't, I wasn't really fully aware of what those contracts actually entail. See, this is why I don't like the uh, – and I appreciate your call, and I do, I, I don't, I'm not trying to denigrate the research that you've done. I, for all I know, it's working for you, and I, I thank you for the call tonight. But it seems like it's a lot of jumping through their hoops again, sort of well, playing by their rules. It's presupposing that every police officer and every judge and, and every clerk of court and every stenographer knows that there's a system that well, you, they could opt out of if they so chose. Right, it's, that's and, true. And, and it's that also, seems very unlikely to right, me in and, both circumstances, right, and yours and his. Right, and it's also suggesting that, uh, that essentially you agreed to those contracts that you signed when in point of fact you could not possibly have known what all the terms are, so it's not a real agreement more on the way this is free talk live you can bring up what you want just dial toll free to 800-259-9231 the sickle cai toll free line it is ian here with you and wayne and mark and you can join us online at freetalklive.com all the features are free so enjoy those on us they include the wiki over over 1800 pages actually 
created by listeners like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive uh, interactive for free. That's wiki, W-I-K-I, dot freetalklive.com. The Institute for Humane Studies is looking for libertarian students and recent graduates interested in careers in movies, film, animation, or video game production for spring, summer, and fall internships. All positions are paid and include participation in a career workshop. For more information, visit libertarianinternships.com. There's a stipend, there's uh, house, housing and travel allowances, there's tuition and travel assistance and career development workshops, books, all kinds of networking opportunities, all kinds of stuff. If you are a student in, uh, you know, at the end of high school, all throughout college, or just recently graduated, go to libertarianinternships.com. It'll get, you set, um, get your foot in the right direction. All right, 800-259-9231. We continue with your calls. Just as an aside, though, headline, bailout bill, now length of novel. The last time we talked about it, it had gone from three pages to 40 pages to 100 pages. They then rejected the 100-ish page version, and now it's getting up there even See, more I told so. you, all they're going to do is they're going to put some lipstick on the pig, yeah. and then they're going to sh- jam it right up our rear ends. Let's jam over to Don in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Don. Hi, how are you doing? I really enjoy your show. Thanks, Don. What's on uh, your mind? I just wanted to call to uh, respond to that caller that said that Alex Jones made some comment about uh, shooting people. Yes, sir. And I've been listening to Alex Jones for over 10 years, and he has never, ever advocated any kind of violence. Yeah, that's. I'm glad. I haven't heard it either, and I, I've, I, you know, other people have told me the same thing. I that's why I interjected at the end of the call that uh, that you know, of sort of allegedly Alex Jones said that because we don't know what Alex Jones right. said. I don't listen it's to hearsay. the Alex Jones when show. Somebody, I don't know. Right. When somebody calls and makes a claim, it's so always for it's always hearsay. Appreciate that clarification. Perhaps the uh, gentleman was trying to uh, slander or libel Mr. Jones. Who knows? Uh, perhaps he just mis- well, mis- misunderstood. Well, government provocateur. Could be a provocateur, absolutely, and I won't stand for any uh, sort of violent talk. I don't uh, know who, who is uh, a provocateur. I don't have any idea. It could yeah. be – they're just allegations. Could oh, be Alex maybe Jones just, for all I know. Well, I don't listen. Well, maybe he maybe he just uh, – you suggested, Mark, during one of the breaks that maybe he just misheard. Maybe he thought it was somebody else or maybe he thought he was listening to a different show or just yeah. forgot who it that was. Does happen. Well, I, I just wanted to make that comment. And Thank also, you. I was listening. I've been watching this bailout uh, plan on TV all yes, day. Oh, that sounds even though 90% of the voters are against it, yep. it looks like they're going to cram it down our throats yep. anyway. They better sure believe are. it. And I've I seen two senators that were being interviewed on CNN, and one of them referred to us American citizens as Joe Sixpack. Oh, boy. Now, that's the kind of contempt they have for the American people. Sure. You know, so that, that's all right. It's I, us versus say, them. I thank I, you, Don, for the call. 800-259-9231. They think they're better. You know, those, those politicians, those rich politicians, they have uh, mistresses that they've got to keep in, uh, you know, good standing. And they have, uh, you know, friends and big business that have their mistresses they've got mm-hmm. to keep. And the fact is, we've got to pay for that stuff. You know, the, the average citizen has to pay for that. And they don't want to lose those uh, important high-class, uh, you know, hookers they've got. We continue with Matt in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hello, Matt. Hello. Hey there. What's on your mind tonight, Matt? Love your show. Go ahead, Matt. What's on your mind? I've almost got regulated uh, by the government. Almost. Out of a job. Out of a job? Yeah. Do tell the story. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I'm a truck driver, right? Mm-hmm. Drive ready mix trucks. Anyways, uh... 
one of the last places I was working. I was like driving around Fort Worth, Texas, mm-hmm. and like with right front tire, bald. You know, it's got like little circles on it going through the cords. Not you know, good. like in a cartoon. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, the boss ain't going to change it. It's oh like, boy. Jesus. Yeah, I know. I drove around like that for a long time. Man, that's tough. That's dangerous. Yeah, it is. So, uh, anyways, they finally changed that one. A couple weeks later, the, the uh, Texas police, I think it was the state, pulled me over. And he wrote me a ticket for the left front tire because it's bald. Mm. And they still wouldn't change it. <laughs> okay. Jeez. Right? So here I am endangering the public, right? I'm just trying to keep a job. Now, is your responsibility as the driver of the truck to uh, pay a ticket for the violation, even if it's owned by a company? That doesn't make sense. Well, the thing is, I'm liable because I... uh, He gets in the truck. ...requires you to sign a piece of paper Mm -hmm. every day that says this truck is safe to drive before you drive it. So, so in other words, they got me putting the signature on something. Ah, uh, so in order to get the paycheck, you've got to sign off on the truck that they won't change the tire out on and go and ride in this dangerous truck in order to make your paycheck. It's a terrible position to be put in. Then you get pulled over, and you're responsible as a result of your signature on the contract to you're pay an, the ticket. You know, that either that or he's out of a job, and the wow. unemployment insurance is only, what, $1,700 a month? It's not going to be like, that's terrible. a terrible feed, feed a family and pay a mortgage. So what are you going to do? What's happening? Well, I quit. Oh, good for you. That's what I was going to say. Hey, the hell with you. I'm out of here. I, I can find somewhere else to drive a truck. Well, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what I did. Good. Yeah, but You know, because, you know, I'm, chances are I'm going to kill somebody, you know. Or Not, yourself. You know, yeah. times here this year. You know, concrete truck runs over people, and it's not a pretty picture. No. You no, know, no, it's I just, not. I've done it for so many years. I see these trucks crashing and stuff. The DOT won't do nothing. They'll take my little thing. Uh, you know, if I call them or something, oh, I'm fired. You mean you mean the Department of Transportation? If you call them and say, "Hey, you know, the guy I'm working for isn't," uh, is that what you're saying? You're sort of telling them what's going on at the place of business. Complying, you know, and and, and all you have to do is change a tire. But they told me it's like, hey, if you don't want to drive this one, well, you see the next one we get you. No you know, boy. if you don't like this truck. <laughs> what kind of company is this? I can't believe they're still in business. No, it's a ready mix business in general down here in Fort Worth, Texas. Wow, that is Swear awful. to God. That is terrible. It is. That's the way it is. And, it, and, the, and the jobs are so tight down here. Cause, well, there's a lot of illegals out here. I mean, uh, sure, there's whatever that means. You mean, you mean uh, free travelers? <laughs> whatever you call that. <laughs> well, well, but, you know, a lot of trucking companies well, are, ex- are experiencing... You know, the, the, like I said, that same place, they had one guy there. He had, like, two Social Security numbers, and he don't care if the tires are good or bad. You know, he's, he ain't going to show up to court anyway. Yeah, that much is for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate your story, and good luck down there in Texas. 800 You have to admit that it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's a tough situ- situation for the average guy to be in. Sorry, Wayne, you were trying to get something in there. Go ahead. I was going to say that a lot of trucking companies now are really tight and almost on the verge of bankruptcy because of the fuel costs. Oh, wow. That yeah, have it's s- tough. That soared so much. 
they were they were operating on rather thin margins before, but now it's getting really tight. Well, it does seem like things are sort of tightening down. I mean, uh, Mark, you said that a couple advertisers have cut back. Uh, there's news here on the Drudge Report that auto sales are precipitously down. Even Honda. Uh, you were talking about, Wayne, that uh, you and your computer consulting business, you've had uh, clients cut back. Yep. So is this the very beginning of, uh, of a coming recession? Or depression. So. A lot of people think so. 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Of course, then again, you won't really know until you can go into it and then look back and say, oh, yeah, that was the beginning. You can't really know for sure if it's happening right now. Get that perspective. Well, there's, so. fear, there's fear in the marketplace. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. You take control. Across the sands of time, from the lands of Abraham to the lands of Julius Caesar, the metals of the earth were forged into the coin of the realm. Now you can own a piece of history with affordable ancient coins from the Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine eras. Guaranteed authentic by Janus Numismatics. Transport yourself to the distant past at ZeusCoin.com. That's ZeusCoin.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. That's 1-800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. We've got a bulletin board system with over 400,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about, from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And you know email's not secure, but hey, privacy's dead anyway, right? Wrong! Introducing PrivacyHarbor.com. It's an easy-to-use, secure email alternative. Sign up for a free account today over at PrivacyHarbor.com because normal email is not secure. I signed up for a free account today. and uh, Was it easy? Know, it, it was very easy. The, uh, the, Did you have to give up a credit card number? No. No, Good nothing deal. like that. No, just, you know, That's a real it's deal, a, then. It's a, it's a free account. It's a well, really sometimes they give you a free account, but you know they want to lock in your credit card. The only thing they, they required from me was um, my, you know, me to enter a name, um, you know, put in a password, and uh, to put in an account that you know I could be notified, an email account that I could be notified at. Gotcha. Um, you know, for and and so you can use it private. You can use the private email when you need privacy. Yeah. You can use your regular email when you don't mind. Cool. Uh, and so privacyharbor.com. All right, 800-259-9231. Continuing from the first hour of the program, uh, just a recap for those of you just tuning in. This morning I was uh, in the Keene District Court here in beautiful Keene, New Hampshire, because, well, not because I wanted to be there, but because they were going to hurt me if I didn't show up. Uh, it was about the couch uh, that my tenants have in their lawn. That It's my lawn, I guess, but it's their couch. And it hadn't bothered anybody for the last couple of years. Apparently, somebody moved in down the street. They don't like the couch. They called the government without coming to talk to me. I went to court this morning, and I made them an offer, which is a little bit different than what they're used to having happen at a, at a hearing. Normally, they're used to people pleading and setting a trial date. Well, I'm not interested in that. I don't want to consent to your process. I don't consent to your rules, don't consent to your governance, don't consent to your process, so I'd like to make you this offer. And I made them an offer saying, you leave me alone, drop this issue, don't prosecute me unless you have a victim, and I'll get rid of the couch if the lady that originally complained about it will come and meet me and talk to me like an adult and say, hey, I'd appreciate it if you move the couch. 
seems like a reasonable request, right? It yeah. does. I mean, here in America, where you should be allowed to face your accuser, it right. certainly does. So that's the offer that I made to the uh, the court people, and the judge said, well, he couldn't negotiate on behalf of the city, and that they're going to go ahead and schedule a trial and plead uh, not guilty anyway. Apparently, they can enter a plea for me, even though I don't understand what's going on. So we got past that part, and the judge said, all right, get out of here. So I left, and he had, he had ordered me to wait for their paperwork, their trial notice or whatever, which I'm not going to do because, again, I'm not interested in consenting to their process, and I didn't enter a plea voluntarily. But as I was walking out of the court and walking into the, the little, I guess, waiting area, I was waiting for some of the other people, you, Mark, and the other uh, do- dozen or so people that, that showed up for the trial. Thank, uh, thank, you to, thank you to everybody that showed up this morning, by the way, uh, waiting for you guys to come out. And as I was waiting... The guy that originally brought the case, the ticket for the couch being in the yard, walks out. He was the guy that I actually handed my offer to, the piece of paper that I'd written down the offer on, the contract, essentially, the agreement. He comes out and he says, essentially, I'm, gonna, I'm paraphrasing everything at this point because I, I was not recording. He says, well, I'll, I'll, I'd, I'd like to discuss this with you off the record, privately. And I thought about it for a second. I thought, okay, well, there he is. He's holding my agreement in his hand, says he wants to discuss it, is willing to discuss it with me, but off the, off the record. This should be interesting. Okay, fine. So we step into this other room, and as soon as the door closes, Carl Patton's demeanor changed completely. He went from gruff, tough, rough, you know, angry, surly bureaucrat to nice guy. And he was making eye contact. I felt like I had a a connection with him that I had not yet had up until that point in my interactions with him. And he essentially told me, hey, look, I've got a boss. I've got this job. I don't want you to think that I'm targeting you because I'm not targeting you. This is essentially what he told me. I'm not targeting you. And I said, well, I I, I appreciate knowing that. And he said, look, there is a real complainant. And I guess he I probably talked to Fred, one of the other uh, city bureaucrats here who I'm on a pretty good terms with, or maybe he's been reading the blog. I don't know. So he's probably – I think he's come across the information that we suspected that, that we were, I was being targeted for doing what I'm doing and, and that sort of thing. So he was obviously trying to rebut those presumptions. Look, you're not being targeted. There really is a complainant as opposed to it just being them – filling out a, a form or something, you know, them filling out their ticket. And she really does exist. She really lives down the street from me. I said, great. And by the way, before he said this, let's talk, he said, let's talk man-to-man. I said, that's great, Carl. That's all I've wanted to do in the, you know, the entire time is talk to people like they're people, like human beings. So there really is this complaining lady, et cetera, et cetera. I said, great. I'd love to meet her and talk to her and, you know, just hear what she has to say, and then we'll work something out. We'll get rid of the couch. And he actually said that he was going to talk to his boss about dismissing the entire situation. So, on one hand, you've got the courtroom situation where the judge has this image to uphold in front of the entire room of people that, oh, you can only plea here, you can only plea, and you can only do this, and you can only do that. No questions, right? The judge has this image. He threatened to arrest me. Two minutes later, I'm outside the courtroom having a very cordial conversation with the guy that originally brought the entire situation that sounds like, at least on its face, that they're going to go with my agreement. I doubt they're going to sign it. I doubt they're actually going to sign off and say, yes, we're going to not prosecute you for anything not involving a victim. But it does. I, sound I, doubt, like, th- I doubt that too. <laughs> but there. But Carl is now acting more like a human being uh, with me, which I appreciate. And they're talking about getting rid of the case. They're talking about co- coming through with my request to provide me with getting to meet this neighbor of mine who complained. Because look, I'm going to find out who she is eventually, anyway. Why is that? 
Well, if she doesn't want to come and meet me, then I'm calling her in the trial. If they're going to force me into their trial, which I'll do everything I possibly can to avoid, I do not want to get into conflict with these people. And that's what they that's what the government does is it creates these conflicting situations that never really existed in the first place. I don't want that. I intend to live in peace and harmony with other people. That's what my intention is. So it's like when the judge says, you want a trial? No, I don't want a trial. I don't want any of this. I just want to be left alone. Well, in this situation, um, there is a conflict. If, if the, the, you know, if there is, in fact, a, a complainant, there's a conflict. Because she doesn't want the couch there, and you never have and you haven't even thought about the couch so that's a conflict you're not thinking about the couch it is there no, she doesn't that's want not there. a conflict at all uh, because it doesn't actually involve uh, a victim it's a it's a neighbor with a problem and i appreciate that and i'm willing to talk to my neighbors about an issue like that and and come to a, a resolution that will satisfy everyone that's fine you're redefining conflict now well again she if she if she wants to conflict with me that's fine too but it's not my intention to conflict. You understand, Mark? You have to have two sides to conflict. I'm not interested in conflicting. I'm interested in resolving somebody that, you know, in, in discussing an issue and coming to an agreement. I'm not interested in saying, well, I disagree with you. I want to keep that couch there. That's not what I want. So is your biggest problem with her the fact that she's kind of hiding behind the city of Skeen's yeah. skirt? Yeah, it's, well, it's the no, idea it's, that no, people that, are so impersonal today that they've been trained, whether it's in government school or by the media or whatever, they've been trained that if you've got a problem with your neighbor, you don't not, go discuss it with them, you call the cops. That's not that's not the problem um, that with with her necessarily. That's a problem with the system. The system has responded to, because it's a heck of a lot easier to simply call the cops and then have, uh, you know, I- anonymously, essentially, and then have the yeah, cops I think that's respond. a problem. Yeah, it, it is a problem. I totally agree with you. In America, we have the right to face our accusers. Users, right. And that that should be even for the the pettiest of fines or of, of situations, even right. when it's a conflict over, you know, some rule and the zoning, whatever. I think that you have the right to face your accuser. I agree. And I don't think that there's a you know, there's there's not a crime until there's a victim. I'm kind of of the opinion that, you know, because the, the system was set up with zoning laws that people have sort of. A right to expect that from the houses that they buy, you know. There's there's uh, some transitional issues moving from you know a government paradigm to a free market paradigm in in that particular area. Mm-hmm. I don't know how those will be solved. I think that the woman has the uh, has it, it has made a reasonable request. However, she should have to stand up and say, "I want that couch moved." Yes, absolutely. And so she. I don't know why she doesn't want to. Some people are nuts. I had a, a renter who mm-hmm. uh, had a situation with the next door neighbor would just let their dogs out of their house yeah. and they'd run all over, poop in the yard, oh, you know, sure. get yeah. in the garage, there's do all, all kinds of things. Excuses. They went over to talk to, sure. to the woman. The woman went absolutely bat crap yeah. on him. Well, there's all kinds of excuses as to why not, but that's not an excuse to not. It's not an excuse to to do it. I mean, if, or to not do it. If you don't know who your neighbors are, go up, approach them, and then you'll find out if they're nuts or not. Right? More on the way. Act like an adult. It's free talk live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site there free. So enjoy those on us. And they include the live streams, the broadband version, dial-up version, and webcam version of the show. Head over to listen.freetalklive.com and enjoy those on us. Again, that's listen.freetalklive.com. So continuing here with my recounting of this morning's activities as I was 
summoned, as they say, to the government's courts to uh, to a hearing about the, the couch issue. The tenants of mine have uh, had a couch out in the yard as long as I can possibly remember. Apparently, some new lady moved in down the street, had a problem with it, decided that instead of coming talking to me like a, uh, you know, a grown-up would, she went to the government and complained about it. And that started this whole process, which, of course, I wasn't going to pay. Still, I'm not going to pay. I'm willing to move the couch as long as I can meet the lady that has a problem with it. You know, I understand why she did it. And it's mean of me to say that she wasn't acting like an adult because adults are trained to act this way. They're trained because of the government system to do these things. Uh, that, you know, the first place to go when you have a problem with your neighbors is the government. Not everyone behaves that way, thank goodness. And I think less people should behave that way. And I'm hoping that this, you know, taking this, making this issue public will help people consider, hmm, if my neighbor's making a little bit too much noise, maybe I should go knock on their door and talk to them. It doesn't mean it'll work, but it's a nice place to start. I think it's, I, you know, as far as starting, I agree with you. I think that there are bad neighbors in this world, and, you know, the only way you can really deal with them is at some point or another, it comes, it comes down to the law. So I had a really cordial conversation with Carl Patton, the guy that originally actually ticketed uh, me over the entire couch situation. He was acting very, very different than he had been acting. It was because he was off the record, essentially. Uh, He didn't have to act like his sort of job requires him to act. And I kind of thought about it later on as I was just reflecting on the day's events. And I was thinking it's kind of interesting because... It was like we were both sort of off the job at at that particular moment in time. Like Carl's job is the code enforcer. He's the that's his world for the, the the city government. That's what he does. You know, he enforces the code. And my job in this particular case, obviously, my job right now is to do this radio show. But outside of radio show hours, if I'm doing these things, I'm being a liberty activist. So it's my job to uh, to come up against these sorts of things and make a stand for liberty. And so we'd sort of we'd been clashing at the at the head, and that was sort of how we met. And so uh, we didn't really get off on the best terms, I suppose you could say. But it felt like he was trying to patch a few things up when I was talking with him, and I I really appreciated that. I still want to know why he was wearing the DEA T-shirt. Uh, when he first came over here, and so yeah, I don't know anything about that, but it it, it 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 doesn't come out real clear on the film. Oh, it was a DEA T-shirt for sure. Somebody found a, a version of the patch oh, online, they? and they posted it on our on our bulletin board system. So disturbing. I'd like to get to know Carl a little bit better, and so I invited Carl out to lunch. It wasn't right then. It wasn't when we were having that conversation. I, I actually shook his hand because he was he was sounding like he was going to do to try to get to happen what I had requested happen in my offer that I'd made to the city. So. I was satisfied with that. Shook his hand for the first time ever. It was a good handshake, good eye contact. Felt it felt good. felt It felt right. And uh, so I contacted him later via email and invited him out to lunch. So we're going to go next week. He said yes. We're going to have a nice conversation uh, off the record, of course. Just him and I, you know, a little get to know. Not going to shove a microphone in his face. No, no, uh-huh. not like that. I'm a res- I'm a respectful guy like that. We're both off the job. I sort of, you know, I sort of envision it like I don't know if it was the uh, the Wiley Coyote slash Roadrunner cartoons or if it was Bugs Bunny and uh, Elmer Fudd, but there was these Looney Tunes cartoons where the two uh, the two uh, enemy characters you know, they run around after one another and they sit down they'd have coffee and tea like during no, break time. That was uh, Wiley Coyote and the Sheepdog. Sheepdog, that's who it the was. The whistle would blow. Right. Uh, you know, they go, they'd go on duty. Yeah. The one would try to get the sheep. Yeah. The other one would try to stop Yeah, them. that's sort of like the feeling that I'm getting here. Because, Mark, you and I, we went out and had uh, lunch with another city bureaucrat, uh, Fred Parcells, here in Keene. 
and it was a result of Fred having a maybe an almost unhealthy interest in the the Free State Project. But uh, he actually, you know, we went out, we talked to him, and we came to some understandings, and, you know, it turns out we're on the same page on a whole lot of things. And so I think that this process of... For lack of a better term, killing them with kindness uh, is, I think, a pretty helpful sort of thing to do to get these people to understand that we're human beings, too, and we're just here trying to accomplish certain goals. Right. And, you know, that's the whole that's the whole idea of the Free State Project anyway, is to get inside of your community, meet people, uh, network and, you know, push forward liberty ideas. The vast majority of people don't care what the government style is. by the way, the agitation style is actually right out of the playbook of Saul Lewinsky and the, and the collectivists and the socialists during the 50s, 60s, 70s. You know, they create conver- uh, controversy, they agitate, and then they, they work their way into the system and become mainstream, and it has to go the other way now. So essentially mm-hmm. that's what a lot of people who are doing who are agitating is they're trying to bring into awareness uh, which way we're going, and we're going in the wrong direction in this yeah. country. I don't want to agitate. I'd rather just be left alone and have a whole bunch of free time to spend with my lady and play video games and do my radio show. But as long as these government people are out there doing what they're doing, and that is, well, bringing harm to people that honestly don't deserve it, uh, I have to do something about it. I feel like I have to do something about it because I don't want to get into a situation. Uh, Pastor Martin Niemöller back in the 40s said that first they came for the communists, then they came for blah, 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 and then they came for me. I don't want to get into that situation, so I'm willing to stand up for those who I might disagree with. I'm willing to stand up for people that are being picked on that I might not necessarily have the same belief system or do the same things as they do. Uh, and I think you're right, Wayne. We do have to reverse that trend, and it's not going to be helpful to be agitating to the individuals that are the cogs in the system. They're just doing a job. And that's what Carl told me today. Hey, I'm just doing my job. I'm not trying to pick on you specifically. This is what my boss tells me to do. This is what I do. I understand that these people have their jobs to do. It's just that my job is sort of up against their job. Like I, My job is to oppose them when their job hurts people. Does that make sense? Yes. Oh, it does. Um, you know, I, I'm, I, I think that uh, zoning rules are kind of on, one of those things that are sort of on the line, things that are difficult. They're a hazy area in the liberty, uh, in, in sort of the liberty paradigm. No, there's no hazy area with zoning rules. It's a group of arbitrary bureaucrats deciding how to control your property. Um, That's what zoning is. Do you in think? Fact, that, hold on, b- before you go on, do you think that some people uh, choose to live in deed restricted communities because of some of the rules that are the restrictive rules that uh, you yeah. know make, make make lawns look nice and that kind of thing? Sure, sure. Do you they think do. that's? Um, do you think that it's reasonable for a person to buy a house outside of a deed restricted community, knowing that there's zoning laws um, uh, to some level of upkeep as far as the house goes? I mean, do you think that those people have a reasonable expectation to expect that level of no. upkeep? No, no, and be, I'll no tell because you why. the government's involved. I'll tell you why. Uh, Dale from AnarchyInYourHead.com went to the city of Keene today, actually, to ask some questions because he's looking at buying some properties here. He wants to open up a, uh, a pork manor so incoming free staters can move here and get a nice, uh, relatively affordable room to rent. So he's been looking around at different properties, and one of those properties is in the heart of downtown Keene. Now, as Dale was looking at this property, he came to learn about the historic district. Now, the historic district is like zoning times a million, right? It's it's zoning to the extreme. I mean, as though zoning wasn't bad enough and obscure enough, 
the historic district is basically the government totally owns your property, and anything you want to do as far as changes are concerned, you have to go to them. You want to put a new coat of paint on a windowsill, you got to go to them and ask permission for it. You want to change out a window, whoa, you better go to them and ask permission for it. So these old clap-trap, old 1800s-era buildings that really could use some tender loving care and some upgrades are now going to be completely just... You're not going to be able to do hardly anything without the say-so of the government first. So Dale said to himself, well, I want to know what this is all about. What are these new zoning rules for the... uh, for the historic district. I want to know if somebody's interested in buying the property. So he goes up to the city building today, talks to the bureaucrats there, and says, I'd like to see the rules for the historic district. Hey, not very many people do that when they're going to buy property, right? Nope. You were talking about just a presumption of what the zoning rules might sure. do as far as what they might protect. Dale said he wanted to see the rules. What did the bureaucrats say? Well, go go to get a lawyer. Um, get, um, you know, Look up the law books or something. No, no. They said... There are too many. We can't possibly give you the rules. Holy crap. Um, I, I, look, Whoa! I wouldn't tell you for a second so that I think... That I, th- I wouldn't tell you for a second that I think that the rules that the government ha- you know, has and goes by, that they're, they're um, you know, f- not arbitrary, that they're you know, yeah. fair to everyone or anything. I wouldn't say that. But I would say that it's, it would be unfair to suddenly... For the government to go away, and for a person who thought that they could, you know, count on uh, their neighbor to keep their uh, lawn clean because of some kind of rule, I see where no you're coming from. Can have that. Yeah, I see where you're coming from, Mark. But it wouldn't be unfair because what you're talking about is a criminal enterprise of men and women using force, the threat of force on people, and it's really not that away, much different than a redeemer community. If they community. go away, it's not that it's unfair. It's just that the marketplace is being reset to its natural state. It's up to you at that point to contract for whatever sort of restrictions you want. More on the way. Hour three's coming. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized a contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. WebEx.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and we're launching here into hour number three of the program, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Uh, So we continue with your phone calls about whatever you want. It's Steve in Iowa. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Steve. Hey, guys. Hey there, Steve. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, Not much. I actually have a question for Mark. Okay. Go ahead. You guys still there? We're right here waiting. Hello? Steve, can you hear me now? Steve, are you there, sir? Can you hear me now? 
All right, let's put Steve back on hold. Obviously having some trouble, maybe on a cell phone perhaps. Could be that one side of the conversation was cut now. We might have been able to hear him. He couldn't hear us, something like that. Does anyway, happen that way. 800-259-9231. I'm sure my board operator will check in with Steve, and when he is ready to go again, we'll bring him back. In the meantime, uh, another interesting highlight from today's trip to... I know, Mark, you're rolling your eyes. I'm, I know you God, don't give a damn about what happened today. two hours of talking about no, your actually, couch it hasn't. court case. No, sorry, it hasn't. We talked about it in the first hour, took a break for half an hour, took some calls, and then we began talking about it again. And it wasn't just about the court case. This is not actually about the case. This is about what happened afterward. So what happened afterward is I went downstairs after I had my nice chat with the the, uh, the couch enforcer guy. We're talking about the situation involving uh, the government coming after me for my tenants having a couch in their yard. I went to court over it today. And so after talking with the, uh, the bureaucrats, I went downstairs, and we all kind of were gathering down there having a discussion. And a couple of the guys that came out from Manchester – uh, to to see the activities of the day, they'd come out and they apparently they were up in the sort of the the area where people gather before they're screened to go in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. And as they were in there, they were just I guess talking with one another, and they overheard a conversation between a couple of the bailiffs or security bureaucrats or whatever it is you want to call them. The, they're the guys wearing the long sort of sport coat uniforms that are obviously covering up weapons. Yeah, I don't know I don't know who it, who they are, but yeah. Right. They, yeah, they get name tags and badges and they, they look like cops. I mean, there's some sort of special court cops. And so they overheard the two of the cops talking to one another. One cop says and this is right after everybody got up from the uh, the room, like 15 people, 15 liberty activists stood up and exited together. Yeah, this is disturbing. So it was during this that one of the cops says something like who are these people? And the other cops goes uh, returns and says, well, they're the free staters. Now, that's not true. No. Liberty activists in New Hampshire, unfortunately, are being conflated with free staters. And it's, it can, it's confusing, I guess, to people that don't really pay close attention, as most bureaucrats do not. In point of fact, most of them probably were free state project members, but there were some New Hampshire natives present. Certainly. And so what they really were was a group of liberty activists, of which the majority were Free State Project members. Anyway, so they said those and, are the Free uh, State. By the way, there is no such thing as a Free State Project member. There is only a Free State Project signer. Whatever. And I am not, uh, you know, I am not the credit card that I signed for. I am not, uh, you know, I, yeah. I, I am not I anything from that I have signed in the past. So therefore, I'm not a Free Stater. I'm a Granite Stater, just like anybody else there. Well, whatever. Anyway, so the cop says... I don't think the worst title in the world, by the way, is a free stater. But I don't either. You know, it's, 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 it's getting smeared me. a bit around here. And well, I that's just, what's going to happen. They're gonna I smear, just don't even think it's an accurate term. They're either going to smear the free staters, they'll smear the libertarians, or they'll smear liberty activists. Whatever it is we call ourselves, they'll, they'll smear that. Because we, those who, and I, when I say we, I mean those of us who are liberty activists in New Hampshire, are having success, both in the political and the market realm. We're having success, and the fact that we're having success scares the hell out of the people in the, the halls of power, for lack of a better term. And so, they, yeah, they've got damn good reason to smear. They don't want people to take us seriously. Well, um, did, you, did you hit the punchline as, as to what they should no, do with the I did not. Go ahead. Here is what these uh, bureaucrats were talking about that were, were overheard. One of them says, so who are these people? The other one says, they're the free staters. The other guy says, well, I think they should all be put in jail. So just well, to, go, to give you a good idea of what some of these people want. I don't know that want. that's nec- – yes, uh, it, it, it's disturbing, absolutely. But yeah. I don't know that it's necessarily anything terribly ominous. It's sort of like an us and them uh, philosophy. He knows he's not a free stater. So therefore, um, they should go to jail. 
That that's all. You, you know, I mean, just bigotry. The toll-free number Nothing here. amazing about it, really. Well, it's just it just shows you the attitude of some of these people that work for government. That's all. Not all. He of them, probably doesn't even know what a free stater is. Well, he thought that we should all go to jail for being in their court and standing up and leaving together. I guess. There you go. Anyway, well, let's continue here. Uh, let's go to Justin, listening to WVNA in Alabama. Justin, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey guys, uh, I'm gonna just ask a question and I'll uh, hang up and let you guys uh, comment on it. Just wondering what your opinion was on the um, tactics used by the campaign Obama campaign in Missouri, where they're using. Um, State officials, uh, well, not state officials, but using uh, sheriffs and um, uh, prosecutors to intimidate uh, people within the free speech running ads against um, Obama. I don't know anything it's, about it, really. It, yeah, it's news to me. I hadn't heard about it. I, I believe you. I mean, because political oh, well, uh, political campaigns are the scummiest of the scumbags. So and the presidency is a big, big, juicy morsel for yeah. uh, you know the power hungry. So, I mean, so they'll do whatever sort of things. They, they'll stab whoever in the back they need to stab. They'll do whatever they need to do. On uh, both sides. Yeah, on both sides. You know, whether it's Obama okay. or McCain. So, yeah, yeah I, well, I believe you. You guys haven't heard about it. If you go to the... Uh, Missouri governor's website, he's actually got a statement issued about it, um, talking about the tax tactics that he's using. But, I mean, that's, that seems to be like a huge infringement on freedom by intimidating people with a legal, um, with libel lawsuits yeah. or sure. with, with anything, if they're going to add that they deem as misleading and there are... Granted, you know, if there's something that's just a, that's blatantly false, then if right. it was run by either campaign, it should be prosecuted. Um, if it's blatantly false and the grounds are true for libel, but it shouldn't be that these people, in my opinion, that, they, that these people on the go, on government time, on taxpayers' time, are working specifically for. No, they should not. They should not. I mean, obviously, they shouldn't be doing that. They, right. What would happen once they got in office? Right. Obviously, they shouldn't be doing that, but then again, that's what they do, right? I mean, there's a an initiative in Massachusetts right now that would possibly eliminate the income tax. And, of course, the teachers' union has rallied against it, and they've come up with $5 million to spend on it. Now, I don't know. I haven't poured through their books or anything like that. But organizations like that have been caught in the past using taxpayer dollars to advocate for whatever changes it is that are proposed, whether it be for a candidate, as you're pointing out, or whether it be for one particular way to vote on a ballot initiative. This is a sort of a time-tested thing that politicians and their supporters do. They'll raid the money from wherever they can get their hands on it. And if they get caught with their hands in the taxpayer cookie jar, there's usually not too much hell to pay. Usually some campaign staffer will get brought up on charges. The actual politician himself will be completely insulated from it, and It'll all be swept under the rug eventually, and nothing really will come of it. Nothing significant will change, and you'll see similar sliminess uh, in 2012, 2010, 2014. Uh, it just goes the, on and on. The thing that concerns me is uh, Obama is a constitutional lawyer, yet his campaign is doing something that is blatantly unconstitutional. Are you surprised? And, uh, I mean, is it shocking to you? <laughs> No, not not coming from anybody with as much socialist agenda as he has. Now, but, who's the bigger socialist, Obama or John McCain? 
I don't know, man. With that seven hundred billion tax, uh, seven hundred billion dollar bill that right. they've got going through, because both of them want to. Sh- I mean, what you were calling about is essentially shutting down people's free speech in regards to the campaign. And old John McCain was the uh, primary sponsor of the McCain-Feingold uh, legislation thing that went through a couple of years ago that put down some serious restrictions on who can advertise and when they can advertise. Like you can't advertise uh, like thirty day. I forget what the exact details were, but they essentially made it so if you want to advertise against a candidate you have to do it a certain period from the election so if it's 30 days with the, before the election you cannot advertise and attack a candidate basically so total uh, restriction on campaign speech and again it comes from both sides yeah. they're two sides of the same coin my friend i'm glad you called with it because it's it is a true that's what happens they will take the money from wherever they can get it and there's very little that'll happen to them for it i thank you for the call tonight and by the way obama today called for military service from every single american youth Oh, it's dear. on CNN video. Oh, my. 800-259-9231. I want you to show me that here in a moment. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. Anything, dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're free, so enjoy those on us. And those features, by the way, include the updates. You get signed up, we'll keep you in the loop. When you need to know something about Free Talk Live, you'll know it first. If you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com as we continue with your calls. And we go, uh, we're going to try Steve again in Iowa. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, Hello. Steve. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, yeah, I had the question from Mark. Um, yeah, recap it because on, I've forgotten what it was. I didn't even point. hear it. Well, yeah, I don't think I ever even got to it, actually. Oh, okay. Um, okay, yeah, I think it was about a month ago. Or actually, yeah, it was on the 12th of last month. Um, Mark was talking about his position on who he's going to vote for this year. Mm-hmm. And he was very confused at that time. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot of a lot of things have developed. Um, he, at that point, had pretty much narrowed it down to either Perez Hilton, or actually uh, Paris Hilton, <laughs> or John McCain. And I was curious about, at that time, you know, Ron Paul hadn't endorsed anybody yet. And even though, I mean, he did endorse Chuck Baldwin, which I'm sure he doesn't want to vote for him. But, uh, I mean, after everything that's developed, where are you at now? Well, um, I guess I'm I, I'm still somewhat in a quandary. Um, if I know that my wife is likely to go vote. If my w- wife, um, she has told me that she cannot see for a second herself voting for John McCain, which said to me that she'll be voting for Barack Obama. She is, um, you know, she, she's like me. She, um, I'm an ethnic Republican. She's an ethnic Democrat. You know, like that's just sort of where it comes in our nature. And Meaning mom and dad were? Mom and dad were, in, in her case. In my case, uh, you know, my mom and my grandmother were. My gotcha. dad, however, was a, a, was a Democrat. But, you know, I just, I, I'm by my nature, I, you know, just a conservative kind of guy. So the if she 
it's you know, and and she won't lie. She's not a liar. Um, if she's going to vote for Barack Obama, then I'm going to vote for John McCain in order to cancel her vote out. Um, however. If I can convince her, and I have made multiple efforts um, to vote third party in this election, then we'll vote. We'll both vote third party. So and that's kind of that be. Um, well, you know, I'm like, I know George Phillies. George Phillies has been, uh, you know, he's a he's a good libertarian. Um, it's better than Bob Barr by by a long, long stretch. <laughs> he's no Harry Brown, though. Uh, well, you know, who is Harry Brown, right? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Harry, Harry Brown's, Brown's Harry Brown. No longer with us. He's dead. That's true. Um, he's the most principled guy in the field, and he's on the ballot, at least in uh, New Hampshire, could very well likely be on the ballot in uh, uh, Massachusetts. Many, you know, many places would allow him to uh, to be a write-in candidate, and, you know, he's going to do, be do, doing some advertising for um, presidency. I think that I'll probably, I, I'll certainly encourage my wife to vote for George Phillies. However, that won't be part of the criteria of the deal, um, and I likely would vote for him. Steve? Your thoughts? All right, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely sounds like, uh, I mean, you have a little bit better of a rationale for it now than just trying to throw a stick in the tire of the government. Yeah, well... I mean, because I remember that's what you were saying before. You didn't like it streamlined, which I definitely get that, but, I mean, definitely, it makes a lot more sense now. I think I'm going to write in Ron Paul. Hey, whatever works for you, whatever makes you feel good. At it least was one, you're of not, the, one of the things I thought of. Yeah, at least you're not endorsing one of the thugs. I thank you, Steve, for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. I wouldn't be surprised if Ron Paul got more write-in votes than Bob Barr got ballot votes. That's <laughs> <laughs> a possibility. You'd never know, though, because they'll never tally up the write-in votes. So you just have to speculate on that. Uh, we continue. Tom in Florida is on the line. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, thank you. What's on your mind, Tom? Uh, I was going to get back to talking about the courtroom situation. All right. And, I, and, I've, and I've heard about, you know, Sam in Texas. Sam from the Obscure through, Truth Network, yes. Right. And you're going through your ordeal up there. And I know, I think you've talked about, her, um, you know, Jack and Margie Flynn. Who? You know, you know who familiar. they are, right? I'm not familiar. Go the name's not ringing a bell. Oh, really? Um, okay. Well, they've been through this for many, many years. They're both quite older and they've kind of done all the backflips and this and that. And the one thing that they say is, if you find yourself in a courtroom discussing the subject matter, the show's over. Mm. You've entered into their jurisdiction. The fact that you're making statements concerning your case means that you've entered in. You mean, when you you say that, you mean like, well, uh, you're talking about the issue at hand as to whether or not you did what they say you did, that sort of thing, arguing the facts of the case? Yes. They say that if you find yourself discussing it, you pretty well can kiss it goodbye because you've entered in. And what they advocate is the very first thing you do when you come into the court is um, you basically state your name mm-hmm. and you you basically say that you are, you, you say, my name is, you know, Joseph Smith or whatever, and I am a natural-born, flesh-and-blood, sovereign man or woman as the case, um, and I um, uh, have been, uh, I'm getting kind of flustered here. Sure, you basically, I understand. You state that, and then you say, and I um, need to ask some questions before I can proceed, because I don't understand what's going on. Sure. And then the, 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 hopefully the judge will, you know, say yes. And, In this uh, case, he sure didn't. Right. <laughs> this is basically the tact that I took uh, today. I, I didn't use those exact term, well, that exact terminology. Close. But the same concepts were basically there, and well, essentially these people will interrupt you and threaten you with violence if you continue on. 
Well, at this point, all you do is state your name and, and basically announce that you're not a legal fiction because you're flesh and blood, natural-born, sovereign, you know, man. And then you say, I need to ask a question before I can proceed. And the first thing you say to them is, you kind of load it backwards. You say, Judge Smith or whatever, um, you have taken an oath of office in which you've uh, sworn to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States, you know, defend it against our enemies, foreign and domestic. Mm-hmm. Isn't that correct? He hasn't got much wiggle room there. Well, they do, they do if they're trying to interrupt you and say, uh, this isn't about... We're not here know, to do that. We're here to take your plea, plea right. blah, blah, blah. We've got to move along. We've got a busy court here today, et I cetera, agree et that he doesn't have much wiggle room if he decides to um, ask your question, but in the same way, um, the same advice goes, holds true for the judge. If he's answering your questions, he's already lost. He's losing, right. No, right. he knows that, too. Right. But, I mean, if he won't answer your questions, at that point, you could almost say, listen, if I can't establish the venue of this court or the jurisdiction, I'm going to leave. Bye-bye. Sure walking out. And that you can do that. I could have walked out today. I'm sure I could have done that. And they would have entered a plea of not guilty, as they did, and then, you know, obviously without my consent. And they would have scheduled their trial and then, you know, again, without my consent, without my understanding of the, the process... So they would just go ahead and do all that stuff, and then the trial date would come around, and if you didn't show up to their trial date, then they're going to come after you with guns. Look, I'm not saying that what you're saying doesn't have value. It's essentially what I attempted to do today, and I believe to some extent it was successful in that it did get the judge flustered, and the courtroom did pay attention. I forgot to mention there were people that came down afterwards asking what happened, what was going on, gave me the opportunity to talk about the freekeen.com and and that sort of thing. So generally, I think it, it went pretty well because I was expecting to be interrupted. Now, if they do go ahead and they, they want me to attend their little trial, then I may have more of a chance at that point because they'll schedule a, a larger time block, um, essentially. I'll have more of a chance then to ask a lot of those questions. And, uh, Tom, I thank you for the call tonight. So I, I had eight pages of questions, and I knew that I was not going to get a chance to even start on one of them today because I, I know what to expect. I've seen, I've seen footage like he was talking about. Sam from the Obscure Truth Network has gotten footage of this stuff, and I had a very similar experience today. More on the way. You can take control. Bring up whatever you want. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those, including the archives. Just click and download. They're right there, and they're totally free. Going back for an entire year on us, freetalklive.com. Spring and summer internships in broadcast and print journalism are available and they're going to even pay you to do it. Yeah, and internships and broadcast get get paid on doesn't happen every day. I don't even buy it. Libertarian hard to even this. libertarian internships in broadcast that you get paid on Who'd and get a housing housing allowance. The Institute for Humane Studies is looking for good communicators from all majors to place at daily papers and major media outlet, uh, outlets for the spring or the summer. All positions are paid and include a career workshop and opportunities to network. The deadline to apply for an early summer decision is November first, so you got a month. Get on it. Go to libertarianinternships.com for more information. So this is for people that are in college or perhaps have recently graduated college, maybe like a high school senior or something like that. Go to libertarian insur- in- 
libertarianinternships.com and get more. Plus, there's more than just print and broadcast journalism. There's also uh, production in regards to movies, film, animation, video games, also public policy for those of you that really are interested in that stuff. They've got it all at libertarianinternships.com. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. As uh, we continue here, uh, I guess... Wow, I guess we're at, we're, we're t- totally out of the calls here, so I guess we can move along. Here's a story from. Damn it, I got a I got a story. What do you yeah, have, Mark? Go I ahead. got the uh, the the stolen van story. Stolen? I don't even know what that is. So go I ahead. told you about it. I, well, you tell me about a lot of things. <laughs> well, let's hear from, it, Mark. From uh, Taylor on the radio, which uh, is a newsletter. Oh, the I get radio on, van, which I get a, on a regular basis. I think it's just kind of an interesting story. There's no issue here, but we'll zip through it real quick. Um, I got a quickie too. Yeah, it's it's not clear whether the un- unintended promotional vehicle belonging to Hot 106.1 W or excuse me, right? K N E X Laredo was locked or not, but a 42-year-old woman was able to gain entry, steal it, and eventually lead law enforcement officers. I love this. Lead law enforcement officers on a high-speed chase that resulted in her in her death Stop. nearly 100 miles away. The theft happened while staffers at the uh, Border Media Partner Station were working at a fundraiser uh, the, for a local children's hospital inside a Chili's restaurant. When they came out, the un- unintended van was gone. The story of the woman's death became the lead story on the local TV news. By the way, this is how it goes with uh, media. They're always at war. Newspapers write bad things about uh, television sh- uh, stations. Television stations say bad things about radio. You know, they're all... You know, so of course it's led on the local. As long as you get the call letters right, Mm -hmm. that's all I'd be concerned with. And and, uh, let's see, uh, Taylor here checked out uh, several communication attorneys who didn't want to talk about the specific situation, but they all brought up questions of potential liability for a station in some situations, um, and also the need for good insurance. And I'd mention constant training of the staff. You know. There's a thief here, a 42-year-old woman who stole a van. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter to me. Um, cert- I, I, you know, certainly a, a person could take more responsibility for their vehicle by not leaving it running with the keys in it or something like that, unlocked with the keys um, in it running. But, you know, this woman stole that vehicle. Yeah. She's responsible. Secondly, the police chased this woman. Um, right. it's, it's not easy to hide the hot 106.1 <laughs> van, okay? I mean, it's not like you're going to take this baby and uh, do Park much it with it. You can, she's whatever, not going to yeah. take it across the border um, from yeah. Laredo or whatever and uh, <laughs> t- you know, take it to Mexico and chop it up. They're going to be like, what are you doing? Uh, what are you, Hot 106? What, what's going on here? Yeah. Like, she's, she's about the most <laughs> conspicuous auto thief ever. Right. And to chase her with the uh, gumballs uh, flashing, high on meth or something. stuff like that. The, the only victim here... The radio station, and to some extent, the children's hospital that, uh, you know, their, their fundraiser was interrupted to yeah. some extent. I, you know, and, and then they're talking about the, the situ- situations of liabilities, the, the lawyers are. The lawyers are the ones that, not to say these lawyers, but lawyers in general, the ones that sort of brought us to the point where a person has to be worried about being or in a company, because it's never a person, it's always... The bigger the company, the Companies more Companies are persons in legal land. Right. So the company <laughs> has to worry about liability for having their van stolen? Yeah. That's just wrong. It's wrong. It is. So Sad story. Know. Yeah. Who's responsible? Clearly the woman who t- 
took the action. I think there's a, a, an amount of responsibility involved in the police chasing after her. They put some know. people in danger. I mean, they're lucky that nobody else, you know, nobody died during that process. When the police chase cars, most of the time they don't need to do that. They're just doing can, it because it gives them a rush. Uh, can like investigate? Imagine the crime. for a second. I mean, for one, it's the Hot 106 radio station. Imagine mm-hmm. if they went on board uh, on the air and said, "Hey, somebody hey, stole yeah. the Hot 106 van. If you see somebody in a Hot 106 van, yeah. yeah, you know, give us a call." Great point. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line here. Here's uh, some news for you. We talked a little while back about the cigarette packs. I mentioned that in when I was in Toronto on vacation, I noticed that they had had them covered up uh, in the backs of the, like behind the cash register at the convenience store. All of the cigarette area was completely covered. You couldn't see what was offered for sale. If you wanted to buy cigarettes and you wanted to know what they were offering, you had to ask the clerk to give you a binder, and then <laughs> you could go and take the binder aside and take a look at it and figure out what you wanted to buy. Kind of a weird, oppressive situation. Yeah. But this is the this is the world of cigarette vending. I mean, it's oppression. There's it all kinds of just arbitrary nonsense that these government politicians are just slapping all over these tobacco companies in order to be able to continue selling their product to people who voluntarily choose to purchase them. I know you're going to tell me, well, it's they're addictive, Ian. They're addictive. Well, yeah, but there's a lot of things that's ad- that are uh, try addictive. Quitting, try quitting caffeine. You know, it's I mean, people easy. get people get headaches from it, and that yeah. you know, it's it's not easy. There's there's all kinds of things that uh, yeah. out there that that people and and people with addictive personalities can get addicted to cupcakes and Absolutely. candy bars. You chose to start. You can choose to stop. Everybody can. It might not be easy, but it's possible. Now, anyway, you know, I, I think that it's um, you know, I think that it's bad when cigarette companies uh, do the sort of uh, you know they, they engineer their plants to be more addictive. I, I hear mm-hmm. that. Uh, you know, the, like the major tobacco companies, they, they engineer make, the plants as opposed to adding chemicals. Adding, they add chemicals to make them more addictive. I don't know. Okay. I mean, they, these these are sort of the rumors, and you yeah. can't get any confirmation on these things. I mean, isn't isn't that, is that what you've heard, Wayne? Yeah, that they actually use genetic um, modification to make them more addicted to have the have. Uh, Make the tobacco contain, contain more nicotine. Yeah, and I've I've heard that they've I've heard like Ian said that they've add add chemicals too. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, and there's there's cigarette companies out there that market in the opposite direction too. There's a, a brand called American Spirit, which has you know like every type of other brand you know underneath it. They have all kinds of different cigarettes called American Spirits, but they say that they sell like natural tobacco. And mm-hmm. so you know, there's there's room in the marketplace for all kinds of these things, but. The government doesn't want competition in this area. They don't want people to have choices. They just want to stop it. They would like to stop it. I mean, they're, I'm sure the ideal of those who hate cigarette smoke and the people that smoke cigarettes, those anti-smoking zealots, I'm sure they would just love it if someone would just pass a total ban, which, of course, wouldn't do a damn thing to get rid of cigarettes. It would just drive them underground into the black market and enrich the gangs. But here's another example of what these people are going uh, are going through. They're forcing these companies to do in order to sell their products. From the AFP, the stories out of the UK, smokers buying cigarettes will, from Wednesday, be confronted with a series of gruesome images printed on the packets showing nice. how tobacco damages health. The pictures, which show cancerous lungs, throats, as well as rotting teeth, replace written warnings such as smoking clogs the arteries. And blah, Are they going to do this on cars too? They're going to show people auto accidents <laughs> and uh, dismembered bodies, that kind of thing. Yeah, how many people die from car accidents versus uh, allegedly from tobacco? A hell of uh, you know a hell of a lot. I don't know. They're I mean, big. They're both pretty big. I yeah, guess it's dangerous stuff. Right. 
The picture warnings will start appearing on cigarette packs starting today and will be compulsory from October next year. They'll be printed on all tobacco products starting in October 2010. One in six people in Britain smoke at a population of more than 60 million, and the government has been stepping up measures to reduce that figure. Written warnings on packs were adopted in 2003, and last year the minimum age for buying tobacco was raised from 16 to 18. Hmm. I wonder if teenagers can still get tobacco. Hmm. I would imagine. What yeah, do you probably. think? 800-259-9231. So that's Britain, Australia, and Canada. All of them have cigarette packs with these grotesque pictures on them that are forcing these companies to do. Shouldn't be long before that comes here to uh, America. That's just what they do. They copy bad ideas. More than one. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. We only have a few moments remaining, but just enough time for your call if you make it right now. 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then we'd like you to shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. There are 41 categories to shop in and even used items. They sell it all. If you're looking for it, odds are good they sell it at Amazon. So go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and you'll feel good because you're getting the products you want at a price that's pretty darn good and really competitive, uh, as well as free Super Saver shipping on a whole bunch of items. Plus, Free Talk Live gets a cut if you start your shopping at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Hey, we need to tell you about the Liberty Forum. You should be there. That is, if you are interested in the Free State Project. Great organization. We talk about it a lot here on Free Talk Live. It's a concept more than it is an organization, I guess. The concept of the Free State Project is to move as many liberty-loving activists all to the same geographic region as possible. The geographic region chosen was our very own New Hampshire, which was a good reason. Right. And we moved here uh, a couple years ago as early movers as part of the Free State Project. Since we've moved, there have been over another 150 movers or so, at least, and there's always new people coming in here to New Hampshire, great people getting active for liberty. It's so exciting to be here. I mean, to we talked earlier about how I had this uh, tri- this hearing this morning. I had 15 people turn out for that hearing to help stand with me, essentially, or in this case, sit down uh, for the judge, but to, to stand up for my freedom. And to have the, just the whole idea that you've got people that are willing to stand up for your freedom, living within the a near vicinity of you, people that are willing to even drive an hour to come and 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 help you, is getting, just amazing. Getting somebody, getting your mom to come to your court case is difficult enough. Where you are, sure, yeah. exactly. And so, the, as a result, people don't stand up for liberty. Right. So having this concentration allows all kinds of things to happen that heretofore have never occurred in the liberty movement. The liberty movement been around for decades in this country, but they've never really gotten a foothold. And the reason is because they're so spread thin. And if you've experienced working within the liberty movement, you know exactly what it, what I'm talking about. If you're brand new to it, go ahead. Give it a shot for a few years and you'll find out. Uh, but getting people together is working and we can prove it. Come to the Liberty Forum and you'll see for yourself. If you don't believe what we talk about here on Free Talk Live, you don't believe the stories, come experience it. Come meet these people for yourself. Meet people like Will Buchanan from the Walk for Liberty, the man who is, as we speak, walking, I believe he's in Minnesota at the moment, walking across Wisconsin? Well, he's up there. (laughs) He's walking across the country, started in Oregon a few months ago, and is walking to New Hampshire. 
You want to talk about dedicated liberty activists? Will Buchanan is a stellar example of that. He's going to be there because he'll have made it to New Hampshire by that time, and he'll be able to talk to us. Uh, Anthony Gregory from LewRockwell.com, hugely popular pro-liberty website. Mark Stevens from AdventuresInLegalLand.com. We were talking earlier about some of these courtroom techniques. A lot of that stuff I gleaned from Mark Stevens, the man behind AdventuresInLegalLand.com. A great, brilliant guy who's really done his research, and he knows that the courtrooms of America are nothing more than essentially public relations covers for the men and women that are doing business at the point of a gun calling themselves government. He's going to be speaking. Uh, Angela Keaton from Antiwar.com, John Taylor Gatto, one of the, the foremost experts on the inside of the government's education, government indoctrination system. And this is just the beginning of the amount of speakers they're going to be announcing. Over the next few months, you're going to be hearing more. I mean, we're, we're still, I don't know, five or six months out from this thing. So you're going to be hearing more about the Liberty Forum, but what you should do now, before they announce the keynote speakers, which are going to be even bigger names, I've heard some rumors, but I can't say anything, before they announce the keynote speakers, go get signed up. Get yourself the early bird discount at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. There's an early bird discount and a free talk live discount. This is true, and Wayne providing the sound effects there. A 10% discount if you use the code 2009FTL. It's all one word, 2009FTL. Get the extra 10% discount off the already low early bird discount. Come out to the Liberty Forum. See Free Talk Live broadcast live. Meet these uh, liberty-oriented luminaries. And meet, more importantly, the hundreds of liberty-loving people, the individuals that make up the the New Hampshire Liberty activists and the incoming Free State Project people that are that are uh, signers the Free State Project signers that are coming in here to New Hampshire and find out what it feels like to be surrounded by hundreds of people that actually feel the same way that you do. It's pretty cool stuff. Liberty uh, Liberty Forum. Go to freestateproject.org/libertyforum to learn more. As we continue here, Wayne, did you find that story about the happy classes? Yes, I did. Now I like being happy. I like uh, being content. I like liking things. I like being in a positive mood. I, I do my best to, to keep myself there as much as possible. You know, and instructional books or classes on that are, are good things. And you've actually got a story, but I didn't realize we've actually got uh, Bernard von Nothaus on the line here. We is, do. No, right. Is this no. Bernard, or is this the Christian anarchist who wants to talk about Bernard? It's one or the this other. This is the Christian anarchist. Oh, okay. We've had Bernard on the show, but you're close, Gene. What's on your mind? Hey, Gene. Well, I was wondering if you got that uh, letter from Bernard here. Uh, Which letter? The e- email that went out today. Is he stepping down? Well, it's more than just stepping down. I was pretty shocked at this letter. What's going on? I, well, I'm a little behind that, in the email. Oh, you're behind? Okay. Yeah. Well, he claims that a bunch of these people are trying to, un, uh, to basically to uh, undermine the Liberty Dollar and its ideals. Who are and, these uh, people? Well, that's the, that's the shocking part, but let me read what he says here. It's like two sentences. Over the years, I've made a list of several. Um, naturally, that was the, not the one I wanted to read. That's but, all right, Gene. Okay, unfortunately, most of the time I found our supposed leaders to be vain little men who were much more interested in maintaining their position than saving the country. And he makes a list of these people. That wow, he thinks names. Yeah, the list of belly buttons. He calls them belly buttons. Instead of some other orifice. Yes. Lou Rockwell. Gosh. Yeah, I've heard that I, I've heard that accusation mm-hmm. before. And on down the list, uh, everybody that uh, you would think was on our side and wraps it up. Well, he's got Payman Mataheda, the Freedom Law School guy. Mm-hmm. And at the bottom of the list, he's got Ron Paul, politician. 
Does he actually go into reasons for naming these names? He doesn't specifically give reasons per name, but he says that these people were undermining the Liberty Dollar and uh, trying very hard to uh, sink his business, I guess, is what he thinks. If if, if somebody has something negative to say about the Liberty Dollar, I mean, like, I I don't consider that necessarily undermining it. It's not the perfect business model. Right. I think that there could be a superior model out there. I, however, have have not stepped out and made that model. Right. But as a consumer, I could ask for that model. In the same way that I'm not undermining Honda by saying I'd like a car that goes 100 miles per gallon. Of course, he made the Ron Paul Liberty Dollar. He did, yeah. And then he names Ron Paul as one of the belly buttons here. So I don't know what he's referring to. I've never met Bernard, but I've met Ron Paul twice. And I've listened to Ron Paul an awful lot. And I have I find a very hard time to believe the, that Ron Paul would try to undermine the Liberty Dollar. In fact, I've even heard Ron Paul mention that we should have competing currencies and yep. mention the Liberty Dollar specifically. I don't. I'm not going to go out on a limb here. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't I mean, know what is. I don't going know what on. the interpersonal stuff is, and I would say that uh, both of those guys are doing great stuff for Liberty. Yeah. Um, I don't know what Bernard von Nothaus is going to do after he steps down as the uh, monetary architect of Liberty Dollar, but I imagine it's not over for him. Maybe Bernard is feeling burned because perhaps he didn't feel like he got as much support as he was hoping to get from those people. I'm totally speculating there. It's a yeah, it's just, you just don't know. We and, don't know you know, unless he says what the reasoning is. Well, and if he's I've just mentioned name in names. the past that that we need to have a big party and we need to accept everybody. I mean, uh, I want to. I've, I've said that I want to see the uh, the um, uh, the black rebellious group. I forgot their name. Black fighting Panthers. Alongside. Black Panthers. Yeah. Black Panthers and the Ku Klux Klan fighting side by side for liberty. And I, I don't think that's such a big stretch, but I would at least like to see Bernard von Nottinghaus and Ron Paul. I mean, my gosh, why would these two guys have it out? You know, it's just so sad. I don't think that Ron Paul released a press release uh, you know, targeting uh, Bernard von Nottinghaus right. shortly no, after this. It's, so, I mean, it's you know, definitely it's, a one-way thing. But it, but I, you know, it's, I it's one guy who had a bad it. day. Who knows? You know, I mean, he hasn't gone out on, uh, multiple times. I, I just ignore it. Well, yeah, it call sounds, him up and find out what he's doing. It sounds like you need to think a little more before you hit that send button. Yeah, I yeah, want to just stay, I want to step out. I would not want to get I don't know what the situation is. Yeah, I don't either. I don't know, you know, what he's had to deal with. I don't know. Well, check your but, email. It's alert number 29. I you probably it. have it there. I Thank you, Gene, for the heads up on that tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. And I think that, you know, you've got a situation where in any movement, it would be ideal for everybody to get along, but... It just doesn't work that way, does it? You know, I, I feel like uh, a, a lot of uh, Liberty types have been undermining Free Talk Live by not supporting us oh, more. Gosh. <laughs> Cut it out. I mean, where, where, where are these Get people and their, 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 their money for advertisements? Thanks, what I Wayne. Know. No thanks to you, Mark. More on the way. You take <laughs> control uh, tomorrow night. We'll see you then online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.